anything you'd ever really want to know about every public figure I have ever encountered. Most of the conversations I've had with people when I've been in a single party consent state, recorded, archived. I have shit on everything. And it's trending, of course, in the wrong direction. But by the way, really, all of this is notwithstanding the central point, which is this. And, and this is maybe to get to the relevance of the debate. And by the way, you made this drive-by remark about Laura Loomer got censored, therefore Jewish power isn't real. What, is that a joke? I mean, yeah, what okay. I said. Well, I think that was you. You brought up Loomer. I didn't. Bring her in up. any case, you brought her up immediately after talking about Israel and. You made some drive-by shot about oh, you talk about Jewish power, but for a Loomer, it's banned and Israel. I never said that. Back to China, it's like it's okay. you. That's why the they think that you make a mockery out of Judaism. That's why every the kill stream like you. They, there's a reason why I've never been on the kill stream before because they hate you. Don't you know that, brother? Seriously, brother, don't you realize, Captain, that you don't know what you're talking about? Even the kill stream. Wait a minute, Hunter. Even the kill stream doesn't exist. That's one lose for destiny, okay? Go through the script, Tell us about how they turn him back at the border, and that's how the numbers are in I didn't know what he was going to say. Tell us about it, Nick. I think you said on a stream that I'm in favor of, like, genociding all white people. On white people? You said that to Bryson Gray? Is that true? Uh, I might have. I don't know. I say a lot of random hyperbolic shit about you sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> did you or did you not? Yeah, I don't know. You've seen the bot. I might have. I have no idea. To go after them and make the society the way we want to be. The point is you can't get rid of the guns. The weapon is there. And so it's not a question of can we destroy the weapon? No, the government will always be there, and you know we—that—that's why ANCAP is really the crux of it. Because if you can get rid of the government, then then maybe you're right. But if you can't get rid of the government, then it's just a matter of who runs it, and then you can certainly that's get what rid matters. Of, you can certainly get rid of things the government's doing, right? Hello and welcome to the Killstream. I am your host, Ethan Ralph, the owner and the editor-in-chief of the RalphRetour.com. Whoa, we already had a tequila sunrise today. We're going to have a Killstream. Well, we're having it right now. Richard Spencer's going to be here tonight. Called out the pro-Putin traitors. Uh, actually, Cisco's going to be here too. I think I have the camera turned on. I'll mess with that uh, momentarily because um, he's not here yet anyway. Let's see. Well, I can test it, I guess. Let's see. Oh, oh boy! I'll mess with that in a minute. Um, I'm not for sure if I have it turned on, but I'll get something started. Uh, might have pants if she's listening. Come over here. Actually, no, I'll do it because I just lit this up. So, 
I forgot about that. I have to do everything on my own <laughs> when I light something up up here. Uh, okay, I'll I'll fix that myself. I thought I just turned it on, but uh, perhaps I didn't. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll consider that uh, that problem here momentarily. Uh, we're here. We got a pretty good audience already waiting on this. So Richard's gonna be here in a few minutes. Cisco will be here in a few minutes. I'm already here though. So uh, should I? Man, fuck! I didn't count on the camera not working. Mine works, so that's not a problem. Let's see. What in the world? Uh, Well, I'll mess with that in a second. I probably just have to turn it off and turn it back on, believe it or not. That's usually... Uh, you probably do believe it. That's usually the fix uh, for this sort of thing. Now, let me see if I can find uh, something. I'll get up and mess with that in a minute. Cisco's not here yet anyway, so... That's perfectly okay. Uh, let me see... Russia, Ukraine, what's happened since we left? Oh, no, we want stuff from today only. Ted Cruz blames Joe Biden. Oh, well, why not? I didn't hear that earlier. I might get up and turn the camera on. Watching the most significant military conflict in Europe unfold since 1945. World War II, did you know that? Wow. And I'm sorry to say that this war, I believe is the direct result of repeated mistakes made by President Biden and the Biden administration. Two mistakes in particular. Number one, the disastrous withdrawal in Afghanistan and surrender to the Taliban that emboldened our enemies across the globe. But then number two, with respect to Russia and Ukraine, very specific mistakes. You and I have talked at great length about Nord Stream 2. As you know, this committee and the Congress won a bipartisan victory stopping Nord Stream 2 in 2019. I authored that legislation. As a result, Putin was deterred from invading Ukraine. When Joe Biden became president, he came in bound and determined to surrender the Nord Stream 2 pipeline to Russia and Putin, notwithstanding the enormous risks that came from it. When President Biden surrendered to Putin on Nord Stream 2, waived the sanctions that had been passed by Congress. At that time, Ukraine told us, if you do this, Russia Alice said will she ran into Ukraine. Ted Cruz. I saw that on Twitter. At that today. time, Poland told us, if I don't know if Graham was this, with her. Russia will invade All Ukraine. Right, let me try this. At that let me time, this. I told the administration, and others on this committee told the administration, if you do this, Russia will invade Ukraine. We will see tanks in the streets of Kiev. I wish those predictions had proven wrong. This weekend, all 100 senators were on a video conference call with President Zelensky from Ukraine. President Zelensky told us if the United States government had put sanctions in place last year on Nord Stream 2, Putin would not have invaded Ukraine. And yet the administration was bound and determined to continue surrendering to Russia, even as Russian troops massed on the border of Ukraine, so much so that the White House put political pressure and forced 44 Democrats to vote to support Russia and Putin just weeks before this invasion. Now, after the invasion, Finally, once there were Russian troops invading Ukraine, finally then, the Biden administration was dragged, kicking and screaming, to implement sanctions on Nord Stream 2. As soon as you did, Nord Stream 2 declared bankruptcy and fired its employees. 
Now, in my judgment, Putin does not believe any promise from Joe Biden to maintain sanctions on Nord Stream 2 is credible. I think Putin is gambling that when the crisis passes, the sanctions will be lifted and Nord Stream 2 will be turned on. I've introduced legislation to make Nord Stream 2 sanctions permanent. In your judgment, do you believe sanctions on Nord Stream 2 should be permanent or should the pipeline be allowed to be turned on? Senator, I think Nord Stream 2 is now dead, and as you have said, it is a hunk of metal at the bottom of the sea. I don't think it will ever be. There it is, the back on. So you don't kind of. Let me reiterate, reiterate my question. Should the sanctions be permanent as a matter of law, in your judgment? Uh, I don't think it, it matters one way or the other. I think the pipeline will never come back. So you're life. testifying you have no objections then, and state has no objections to Congress making the, the sanctions permanent? Um, I, you know, we haven't looked at what this would do, but I don't think it's relevant one way or the other. How do you even make it permanent? Claire once sent $5 in the New Republic lawmakers or their sons will be required to serve on the front lines. Hoorah. Hoorah. Also, for all the cigar smokers out there, I got, I'll tell you in a sec. Check it, Spapper Spray sent $3. Can we set up my revenge on Check it? Must burn Check it size for a Q-stream. Check it, that. Well, I got a message from Chaggett earlier, so I don't know if that's him or not. But if it is, we're going to be in Dallas April 2nd. Just come to Dallas, and we'll just add that to the to the festivities. You'll have to sign a waiver, though. Anyway, when we can do that, I'll message you. Maybe we'll call you tonight. I don't even write that down. Chaggett phone call. All right, let's see. I like the cigars in chat, by the way. <laughs> so, I got the cigar, the 72%. But the only thing is, they hold... my I guess my humidor is too good, basically, because not only does it hold the 72%, but I guess it's a little... It adds a couple just being up here in this room or something. Uh, and so, they're a little... The draw is a little tight on my cigars now, and it's I think it's because they're at, like, 73, 74 instead of two or three lower than that uh, on the humidity scale. So I picked out too good of a humidor, so I'm probably going to have to switch to, like, the 69 packs, which is annoying as fuck. I thought I had it all perfect, but I was smoking yesterday. I was like, why is my cigar, like, you see how it's going out? Like, that's not supposed to be happening. It's because it's too moist, I think. Um, Iverson sent $3. I don't think prices are going to stabilize again until we're old fucks. Well... Might be right. See, I can still smoke it, but I just have to. It's a little extra work. Them once in the face of massive congressional pressure. Senator, and, and put politics ahead of national security. And I believe Putin believes Biden will do it again. Draw is tight on administration it. Now I'll smoke a little bit more and probably save the rest. It get me some, I'm get some exempted energy. Packs, from those sanctions. Now, this morning, that, no. the Biden administration listened to calls from me and from many others to finally include a boycott of Russian oil and gas. That was the right thing to do, but it should have been done at the outset. But Europe continues to rely on Russian energy. In your judgment, will our European allies follow suit and also boycott Russian energy? As you have made clear... So the 72 seem to work good on the road, though. I think that's because the road box is not like as airtight as this one. 
Uh, so maybe I'll take those and use them on the road. As we all know, the Europeans have a much higher level of dependence today to heat their homes, to keep the lights on. Is the Biden they administration are, are, pressing the Europeans to finish? end their reliance on Russia? And is the Biden administration pressing them to rely on alternative sources, including American energy, which is abundant and doesn't fuel. A Thank you guys for the super like chat. Much appreciated. So among the things that we have done. Richard's coming. Michael Cisco is coming. Emerging and since it started was to ship more American LNG and to create more Honestly, global might. alternatives to Putin's gas going into uh, it's Europe, really as you know. There are six applications our- pending with the Biden administration to export LNG. Then I noticed when this happened the other day, and I just cut the end off of it, which you're supposed to, if you want to smoke a cigar later, you're supposed to cut like the, the part you smoked, basically this part off as clean as you can. So I did that the other day when this happened a couple of days ago. And um, when I lit it back up, it was way better, and just because it it dried out a little bit, I guess would be why. So, I'm still getting it fine tuned here in the humidor. Have been improved. Do you have any expectations that any of them will be? So the Euro- the European LNG terminals humid, right now are at full capacity to receive. Okay, you're not one of the things. Question. One of the things. Seventy two is already a little. Here. Are you going to answer um, the question? Can, can I? Can I try yeah, to? You answer can answer the question. The question. <laughs> nah, answer bitch, the question? answer the question. We have taken advantage of this tragedy to again speak to Europe about its over-reliance on Russian simple. energy. Do you anticipate and to the applications to, them, to export LNG will be approved? You're not answering that question. I, I frankly don't do LNG licensing. I expect that licenses will be approved for as much LNG as can be shipped. Thank That's what I expect. Much. But I don't, you know, have responsibility for that, so I don't actually know how it works. But, Senator, I have to say to you, President Putin was going to launch this vicious, brutal war with or without Nord Stream 2. That's not what Zelensky told us. Uh, you know, uh, that is my uh, that is my opinion. That's also not what you said when you testified before the Senate. The time of the senator has expired. Senator Merkley. All right. Now, let's see. Just doing a little uh, housekeeping before our guests get here. And our guest co-host gets here. Uh, I'm trying to see some news at least from today. We'll never forgive Russia. Oh, well, in case you missed this. So we covered this live right when Tequila Sunrise started earlier, but I guess we should go over it for the podcast gang gang in case they missed it. We're banning all imports of. I was enraged this morning waking up to this. I'm still pissed. We're banning all imports of Russian oil and gas and energy. That means Russian oil will no longer be acceptable at U.S. ports, and the American people will deal another powerful blow to Putin's war machine. This is a move that has strong bipartisan support in the Congress and, I believe, in the country. Americans have rallied support, have rallied to support their Ukrainian people, and made it clear we will not be part of subsidizing Putin's war. This made, we made this decision in close consultation with our allies and our partners around the world, particularly in Europe, because a united response to Putin's aggression has been my overriding focus to keep all NATO and all of the EU and our allies totally united. 
We're moving forward with this ban, understanding that many of our European allies and partners may not be in a position to join us. The United States produces far more oil domestically than all of European, all the European countries combined. In fact, we're a net exporter of energy. So we can take this step when others cannot. But we're working closely with Europe and our partners to develop a long-term strategy to reduce their dependence on Russian energy as well. Our teams are actively discussing how to make this happen. And today, we remain united. We remain united in our purpose to keep pressure mounting on Putin and his war machine. This is a step that we're taking to inflict further pain on Putin. But there will be cost as well here in the United States. I said I would level with the American people from the beginning. And when I first spoke to this, I said defending freedom is going to cost. It's going to cost us as well in the United it's States. It's always going to cost us. It never costs you a goddamn thing. Alike understand that. Republicans and Democrats alike have been clear that we must do this. Over the last week, I've spoken with President Zelensky several times to hear from him about the situation on the ground and to consult and continue to consult with uh, our European allies and about U.S. support for Ukraine and Ukrainian people. Thus far, we've provided more than $1 billion in security assistance to Ukraine. Shipments of defensive weapons are arriving in Ukraine every day from the United States, and we, the United States, are the ones coordinating the delivery of our allies and partners of similar uh, weapons, from Germany to Finland to the Netherlands. We're com we're we're yeah yeah. That, we're also providing humanitarian support. This for is Ukraine just him people. talking the whole time. Both those we watched the whole thing earlier. This is about all he said. Ten minutes worth. Neighboring country. We're working with humanitarian organizations to surge tens of thousands of tons of food, water, and medical supplies into Ukraine, and with more on the way. Over the weekend, I sent Secretary Blinken to visit uh, our border between the border between Poland and Ukraine, and to Moldova, to see what the situation was firsthand and report back. General Milley, Chairman of the Ch Joint Chiefs of Staff of our Defense Department is also what was also in Europe, meeting with his counterparts and allies on NATO's eastern flank to reassure them, those countries bordering Russia, NATO countries, that we will keep our NATO commitment, the sacred commitment of Article, of Article 5. The Vice President Harris is going to be traveling to meet with the, our allies in Poland and Romania later this week as well. I've made it clear that the United States... All right, I got the 69% packs. Damn. My humidor is so nice. I got to, I picked too well, ladies and gentlemen. It's it's actually holding holding the humidity too well. We'll share in the responsibility of caring for the refugees so the costs do not fall entirely on the European countries bordering Ukraine. And yesterday I spoke with my counterparts in France, Germany, and the United Kingdom about Russia's escalating violence against Ukraine and the steps that we're gonna to take together with our allies and partners around the world to respond to this aggression. We are enforcing the most significant package of economic sanctions in history, and it's causing they want the war so bad to Russia's economy. It has caused Russian economy to fight, frankly, crater. The Russian ruble is now down to 50 percent. Oh, what humidor? I can link war. it if you want. One ruble is now worth less than one American penny. One ruble is less than one American penny. And preventing Russia's central bank from propping up the ruble and to keep its value up. They're not going to be able to do that now. 
We cut Russia's largest banks from the international financial system and has crippled their ability to do business with the rest of the world. In addition, we're choking off Russia's access to technology. There's only 130 bucks. I like picked the all-star one. And, uh, and sad. Now, I will say the one downside about this one, it's a Stanu, whatever. only downside is the, the, the humidor thing on the front doesn't really work. The, uh, whatever, whatever the hum, it's not a hum, humidif, whatever the fuck thing that measures humidity. I forgot the name of it. Hydrometer or whatever. Hygrometer. Uh, the one on the front doesn't work. So I just bought a little digital one to put inside. It's, uh, it's economic strength and weakened its military for years to come. Major companies are That's a common out problem, Russia though. entirely without even being asked, not by us. Over the weekend, Visa, MasterCard, American Express, they all suspended their services in Russia, all of them, joining a growing list of American... Go ahead, player. Player one sent $10. Apparently, Russia is shutting down their internet on the 10th, according to my friend living there. Yeah, I've heard some things that they're going to disconnect, basically, from the worldwide internet. I don't know the full details on that, but I heard the same thing, yeah. I don't know. Did hear that. Global companies from Ford to Nike to Apple, they've suspended their operations in Russia. The U.S. stock exchange has halted trading of many Russian securities. And the private sector is united against Russia's vicious war of choice. The U.S. Department of Justice has assembled a dedicated task force to go after Russian, the crimes of Russian oligarchs. And we're joining with our European allies to find and seize their yachts, their luxury apartments, their private jets, and all their ill-begotten gains to make sure that they share in the pain of Putin's war. These, by the way, are giant yachts. You've put some of them in your press. I mean, some of them are, I think I've read one was over 400 feet long. I mean, it's, uh, this is worth hundreds of millions of dollars. The decision today is not without cost here at home. Putin's war is already hurting American families at the gas pump. Since Putin began his military buildup on Ukrainian borders, just since then, the price of the gas at the pump in America went up 75 cents. And with this action, it's going to go up further. I'm going to do everything you I can. You did this, Joe, not Putin, you fucker. Home. In coordination with our partners, we've already announced that we're releasing 60 million barrels of oil from our joint oil reserves. Half of that, 30 billion, million, excuse me, is coming from the United States. And we're taking steps to ensure the reliable supply of global energy. We're also going to keep working with every tool at our disposal to protect American families and businesses. Let me, let me say this. To the oil and gas companies and to the finance firms that back them, we understand Putin's war against the people of Ukraine is causing prices to rise. We get that. That's self-evident. But... But, I think but, I hear Cisco but, downstairs, by the way. no excuse to exercise excessive price increases or padding profits or any kind of effort to exploit this situation or, Amer or American uh, consumers. Exploit them. Russia's aggression is costing us By the way, I just saw this as a response to my tweet earlier, and I said it during the show. Um... How, how come they only mentioned the Holocaust? They never mentioned the Holodomor, even though that was actually perpetrated by Russians against Ukraine. They happen to be fight Ukrainians happen to be fighting a war against Russia, you know, maybe I just thought that would be something they might want to talk about, but uh guess not. Guess not. Guess not. Cisco's definitely here by the way, I hear my dog barking. 
and it's no time for profiteering or price gouging. I want to be clear about what we're doing. Vincells, what's up? But I also want to acknowledge. Tell Vince to answer his text. I sent him one. That are pulling out of Russia and joining I miss texts all the time, but I don't send them This is a time when we have we to. We got to get it back part. on the kill stream. Make sure we're not taking we're not taking advantage. Look, let me be clear about uh, two other points. First, it's simply not true that my administration or policies are holding back domestic energy production. That's simply not true. Even amid the pandemic. Companies in the United States pumped more oil during my first year in office than they did during my predecessor's first year. We're approaching a record levels of oil and gas production in the United States, and we're on track to set a record oil production next year. In the United States, 90% of onshore oil production takes place on land that isn't owned by the federal government. And of the remaining 10%, that occurs on federal land. The oil and gas industry has millions of acres leased. They have 9,000 permits to drill now. They could be drilling right now, yesterday, last week, last yeah. year. They have 9,000 to drill onshore that are already approved. So let me be clear. Let me be clear. They are that would be the first time you, uh, that's ever now. happened. Decisions. These are the facts. We should be honest about the facts. Second, this crisis is a stark reminder to protect our economy over the long term, we need to become energy independent. I've had numerous conversations over the last three months with our European friends of how they have to be. We what the hell? Russian oil. Vince face it's duck ass. Not, what the hell? It's just not tenable. It should motivate us to accelerate the transition to clean energy. This is a perspective extended our European. Things have gone too far now. And the future where together we can achieve greater independence. Loosening environmental regulations or pulling back clean energy investment won't. I mean, expand. Cisco's coming. He's getting some. He's getting some pansu dinner too. She made this shrimp stir fry. Mm, it was so good. She is an excellent cook. Holy shit! Won't. Will not lower energy prices for families. A little bit the of a rarity these days. In our economy to run on electric vehicles powered by clean energy, with tax credits to help American families winterize their homes and use less energy. That will. That will help. And if we can, if we do what we can, it will mean that no one has to worry about the price of the gas pump in the future. That'll mean tires like plus lob already. Use fossil fuels. They know they're about to get some fireworks against other nations. And it will make America a world leader, manufacturing and exporting technologies of the future. Winterize countries yeah, all around the world. This is the goal we should be racing toward. Over the last two weeks. Ukrainian people have inspired the world, and I mean that in a literal sense. They've inspired the world with their bravery, their patriotism, their defiant determination. These amazing patriots. To live free. Putin's war, Putin's war has caused enormous suffering and needless loss of life of women, children, everyone in Ukraine. Both Ukraine and, I might add, Russians. Ukrainian leaders, as well as leaders around the world, have repeatedly called for a ceasefire. For humanitarian relief, for real diplomacy. But Putin seems determined to continue on his murderous path, no matter the cost. All right. What's up, Cisco? Uh-oh. Oh, shit. I've seen that shirt before, actually. Uh, here he comes over here. Let me unmute the tab. Did you eat anything? Did you get some of that stuff down there? Oh, not yet. She's okay. going to bring it up. Oh, wow. Yeah. 
Amazing. Service. Amazing service. Richard's going to be here soon. Um, he said that um, pro-Putin people were, I mean, pretty much said traitors yesterday. I don't know if you saw some of the stuff I read out. I did not. I'll see if I can find it. Uh, the traitor caucus, I think is what he said. Uh, let me see if I can find it, Richard. Oh, boy. It was a long thread. He's uh, just mad because uh, MPI didn't pull as many people as AFPAC. A new traitors coalition has emerged in support of Russia. Dirtbag leftists and rightists. America first, quote-unquote, Roypers. Q holdouts, LARPing traditionalists, ultra magists, literal commies, and the occasional neo-reactionary and paleo-conservative. So all his old friends, basically. <laughs> well, we'll talk to him about it pretty soon. I'll send him the link. Uh, he'll be here shortly. Uh, what are we going to do until then? I don't know. How, how was your drive over? It was good. I went to church first. I went to Canon of St. Andrew at a nearby now what is that church um it's it's the the service traditionally done on the first couple of days of lent and it's very penitential kind of ushering in the period of repentance i see now uh was it a really nice church really decked out for lent it was a nice church it's uh not too far from you Really? Okay, now let me see if I can put you on screen here, by now, the way. There it, is, it is being surveilled. Well, I, I shouldn't. I don't want to give away the uh, any we're, details. We're but, being surveilled, too. I mean, uh, but it's being surveilled. Orthodox churches are being surveilled by feds. Well, I mean, I see that right now. You just. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad I didn't wear this in there because they're all paranoid right now. Shop.killstream.live slash fed if you want one of those. April 2nd, the live kill stream in Dallas, Texas. Many, many, many people involved. Should I read that out? I guess I probably should. Let me see. Uh, there's a long list. I don't have pays updated yet because we don't have her card just yet. Uh, but the list, well, first off, the events. We got Harrison versus Hester, Harrison Smith versus Destiny. Uh, here, uh, well, there, uh, in Dallas. The Killstream Kingpin Invitational itself, which is also the name of the event. The Killstream Wedding, uh, me and Pantsu, the aforementioned Pantsu getting married in Dallas. Pat Dixon uh, and Alex Stein doing some stand-up. Me, Dick Masterson, Destiny, Mersh, Royce, Harrison Smith, Alex Stein, Patrick Howley, Pat Dixon, Ramsey Paul, Lauren Witzke, and Corinne uh, rounding it out. And Pay has been added, so she's on there too. Killstream dot live slash bowl or you can go to this long link as well that i'm going to post so check that out dallas texas april 2nd i'm pretty excited it's going to be a long trip i'm doing a car trip to dallas from richmond so uh there goes the link to that you will hear more and more about it more and more just blatant promos during the middle of the show uh because we're getting close three weeks from this saturday uh, and I think Dalton's going to be there as well, too. Don't have that finalized just yet, but uh, uh, hoping to have him involved, hoping to have a few others. Stay tuned the rest of the week. Probably be, probably be adding uh, the last remnants there uh, of the uh, of the guest list. All right, now let's see. Oh, here's a Mike Pence clip. Hmm. Russia reportedly using weapons that may violate international law. 
Oh boy. International laws dictated by America. Oh man, she used to be so hot. What happened? It's tough. Maria Baratiromo. President Biden. Oh shit! Excuse me. She scared me that time. (laughs) I didn't mean to pull up that same clip. Turning back to Ukraine, (laughs) we talked about at the top of the show the U.S according to officials, collecting evidence of potential Russian war crimes. With the National Security Council spokesperson telling NBC they will use every tool available. Oh, Hallie Jackson, though, is still pretty hot, I got to say, this chick. Including criminal prosecutions if it gets to that point. And you know the world's also watching, with the International Criminal Court opening an investigation into those allegations, specifically on the weapons Russia might be using. So we're breaking down exactly what those weapons are. Watch. This is brutality. This is inhumane. The head of NATO on Friday claiming Russia is using so-called cluster bombs in its invasion of Ukraine. And the international NGO Human Rights Watch saying Russia killed civilians by firing these bombs into Kharkiv, accusing them of violating international humanitarian law. They cited a 2010 UN treaty banning these weapons, although it's not signed by Russia, Ukraine, or for that matter, the United States. But what exactly are cluster bombs? So, so wait, so wait, wait. Keep, keep in mind what they just said there. It's not signed. This the thing, you know, the International Criminal Court. It's not signed by Ukraine, Russia, or the United States. So, why would they even? See, I talked about this the other day. They were talking about they're going to push a case, and it's like well, we didn't even sign that. Accusing them of violating international humanitarian law. They cited a 2010 UN treaty banning these weapons, although it's not signed by Russia, <coughs> Ukraine, or for that matter, the United States. So I see. It, it so means it's not against nothing. the rules. Right. It means yeah. Nothing. But what exactly are cluster bombs? Basically, they're rockets that open up in the air and let out smaller bombs that can hit a bunch of targets at once over a big area. Cluster but bomb, a lot of times judge. they don't explode when they hit the ground. So rescue teams like this one in Syria have to clean up a threat that can last for a long time after the fighting. Russia's also accused of using vacuum bombs, sometimes called thermobaric weapons, what? like these the country has used in practice. Basically, it sucks up all the oxygen where it's detonated, creating a huge fireball and devastating the area. The Kremlin denies using any cluster or thermobaric weapons, and a senior U.S. defense official says they cannot confirm or deny their use. Oh, so we don't. So even in this story, trying to spread things about about these weapons being used, they say they can't confirm or deny that they've been used. The story is they're accused by who? Russia might be using ill. But some experts looking at the devastation call it like this. A dollar of cent, ten dollars, putting on the reeds. This one's for you, Ralph Amali. Ralph Amali. What? If you're blue and you don't know where to go to, why don't you go where fashion sits? Putting on the ritz. Different types who wear a day coat, 
pants with the stripes and cut away coat perfect fits putting on the ritz dressed up like a million dollar trooper trying hard to look like Gary Cooper come let's mix we're Rockefellers walk with sticks or umbrellas in the mitts I'm Anderson Rich the link. Up and down Park Avenue on that famous thoroughfare with the noses in the air. High hats and arrow collars, white spats and lots of dollars spending every dime for a wonderful time. If you're blue and you don't know where to go to, why don't you go where fashion sits? All right, by the way, uh, oh, there he goes. He's got the link. So uh, what we're going to do is I'll even probably put the clock on the screen. We won't leave the TTX, TTX, the TTS on um, the whole time. So I'll do like 15-minute, 20-minute breaks. I'll put a clock on the screen. Then we'll unmute. We'll let those questions go through uh, and then go back to what we were doing so we can get a little discussion in. See it. When you fire artillery into residential areas, when you bomb civilians, when you attack a nuclear power, Thank you, plant, you are committing war crimes. Mm-hmm. And Ukrainians are yeah, working to Richard sign Richard absolutely loves CTS, so... Um, don't worry about sending as many of those as possible. At evidence with visual teams sifting through the damage to try and make a case against Probably Russia. Probably his favorite part of being on the kill stream. I think. At the International Criminal Court. Might be mostly By the way, the U.S. is not part of the International <laughs> Criminal Court. And the U.S. has used these weapons, according to the Cluster and Landmine Munition Monitor, an international group that tracks this kind of thing, saying the U.S. used cluster bombs in Afghanistan in 2002 and Iraq in 2003. Amnesty International as they were used in 2009 in Yemen. Under former President Trump, the Pentagon indefinitely put off a planned ban. Smash or pass, ladies and gentlemen. The Human ladies Rights Watch is calling on the Disavow. Biden administration to change that policy. She's getting a little long in the tooth, but I still, I don't think she's uh, quite aged out of the out of the Smash program. What is this? From here. 11, 12. Okay. I need a photocopy, front and back of it. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm not forgotten. <laughs> Smashes have it. Overwhelming, but there were a couple passes. A couple. Mostly smash, though, let's be honest. Now here's the promised... I think I mentioned Mike Pence. I don't remember if I did or not. President Biden here, reportedly considering traveling to Saudi Arabia yeah. to ask the Saudis to pump more oil. Just- <laughs> Days after sending a please, Uncle Saud to Venezuela to ask the same. This, Saad, as Canada geez. says, its oil could replace Russians' exports, and Americans are seeing record high gasoline prices at the pump. Both Brent and crude hitting their highest prices this morning since 2008, with crude now at 122.12 a, a, a barrel and Brent at 126. Now a new effort from former Vice President Mike Pence, who's launching a new campaign to bring energy also, independence. Also, to- oh yeah, the oil companies, okay. Uh, also, Zelensky addressed the British Parliament earlier today. We covered that whole thing live on the sunrise that was quite the spectacle as well. Um, I don't think we'll probably get around to playing it tonight, but it was on the sunrise earlier. America. Joining me right now is the man himself, former Vice President. I mean, Mike we could, Pence. but Mr. I don't Vice know. President, great to have you this morning. Thanks so much for being with me. Thank you, Maria. Good to be with you from Israel, in fact. Uh, Motherfucker. Of course. Fucker. <laughs> of course. 
Never would have guessed. <laughs> In the, <laughs> land, the land of his masters. Look at his face, too. He looks so happy. From Israel, in fact. Mm, Mike Pence. Mr. Vice President, great to have you this morning. Thanks so much for being with me. Thank you, Maria. Good to be with you. From Israel, in fact. I want to ask you about Israel because I know that the Prime Minister Shalom. has spoken with President Mr. Zelensky President. and as well traveled to Moscow. But first, let right. me get your take on this war, Mr. Vice Coming President. Coming to you live from Tel Aviv, biatch! And destruction every day. Could the U.S. and its allies there. be doing more to stop Vladimir Putin? Yeah. I don't think I'll go there. I don't. I was, I was deployed. I was in the... Uh, on a peacekeeping mission in Egypt. Are there some nice Khazar Melkers around there? Or? Disavow. No comment. Just, yeah, okay. Although I wasn't Orthodox yet when I was there. Right, but. of course. You know, St. Augustine, you know, he had a period as well, too. So, was he? I think that was before the schism, right? St. Augustine. Uh, yeah, he's an Orthodox saint. Right, yeah, that's what I thought. Well, Maria, there's uh, a truth in history. What, what was it? What's his quote? Lord, deliver me from evil, but not not too soon, or something like that. Whose quote is that? Have you ever heard that quote? Is that St. Augustine? I think it is, actually. I always remember. It's funny how I would remember that one. But The uh, weakness arouses evil. When you look at the record of uh, this administration, it's almost inarguable that the unilateral capitulation to Russia on Nord Stream 2, on a new START treaty, the disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan, all created the conditions where Putin... Uh, felt emboldened uh, to once again try and redraw the lines of Europe by force. But make no mistake about it. Uh, yes. The only Please, God, make me good, but not just yet. <laughs> for what's happening See, in the Russian invasion in Ukraine is Vladimir Putin. And Putin must stop or Putin must pay. And it's absolutely imperative. As I met today with the President of Israel, with the Prime Minister of Israel, it's imperative that the free world come together, Augustine, yeah, that okay, we find whatever. ways to arm the people of Ukraine to too. be able to defend their nation and their territorial integrity. And the time has come for us not just to sanction financial institutions, but the time has come to sanction all oil and energy exports. He's just bloodthirsty. He wants to kill Russians. I mean, you can tell. Just look at his face. From Russia. Energy is the lifeblood of the Russian economy, and we're calling on, on uh, our Congress, we're calling on this administration, and we're calling on nations around the world to join us. So you missed it in, earlier. My humidor is basically too good. So the 72% packs are actually keeping too much moisture in, so I just ordered some 69% packs. I might so. finish this from the other day. Yeah, I know. So the one I had out earlier... I'm just going to leave out and smoke tomorrow so it'll dry out a little bit. I mean, it's not so wet that it um, ruins the cigars. It's just making them, it's kind of hard to pull, you know what I mean? Like it wants to go out and shit. Um, so I'm just going to switch those. Which, to one, which one is this? What kind? I mean, I know it's a Oh, it's father, the My but. Father, Le Bijou, 1922, Box Press Churchill, I believe. Are going to bring the kind of pressure that we must bring to bear if we hope to stop this mindless, senseless Russian invasion of Ukraine. 
And yet the administration has yet to say that a bill was brought yeah, to those the are floor good. yesterday in terms of cutting off Russian imports. We don't know when that vote will it's take just a place. I'm hearing possibly Wednesday. But the Biden administration is asking our adversaries to pump more I didn't oil. know you'd like to get wet. Partly considering Saudi Arabia, Venezuela. And I want to get your take on this idea that we are imminently going to see a new Iran deal. You just said that you spoke with the leadership in Israel. Uh, the president has talked about potentially getting oil from Iran. What are your conversations about that? Well, uh, there's, there's a great deal of alarm here in our most cherished ally, Israel, over the very idea. <laughs> By the way, over a thousand live already. Uh, Spencer's going to be here soon. So could, they, could they make it any more clear who... Who's pushing all Well, you know what? It's so funny because that sounds like something we would say as a joke comment here on the kill stream. Be like, our most cherished ally, you know, Man smart ass. the night sent $3. Good evening, Maria. Just that. got down blowing all of Israel. Oh, wow. And calling to genocide Russia. Fuck them, bring the nukes. <laughs> about that. Well... Uh, there's there's a great deal of alarm here in our most cherished ally Israel over the very our idea most cherished. that this administration continues. What? Who the fuck actually believes that? Used in, in the midst of a Russian invasion of Ukraine, continues to drive to revive the disastrous Iran nuclear deal, and it's even more offensive, Maria, when you think that we're working directly with Russia. Uh, in in an effort to revive that deal, it was it was bad to begin with. It was dangerous at the time. President Trump was right oh, yeah. uh, to rip up the Iran nuclear deal. The uh, but now, in the environment that we're in today, the very idea uh, that we would uh, that that we would look to to purchase oil from Iran, to purchase oil from uh, the dictator Maduro in Venezuela, all the while that this administration continues its war on American energy. You know, it is really remarkable. I don't have to tell you, Maria. Oh, it is. That, it's really uh, remarkable. The, the Trump-Pence administration, we achieved energy independence for the first time in 70 years. We were a net exporter of energy, but from very early on with killing the Keystone Pipeline, taking federal lands uh, uh, off the list for exploration... Side driving Avengers. Driving Avengers sent three dollars. Pence talks about Israel the way Muslims talk about China, Allah. Yeah. It's fucking disgusting. <laughs> Biggest traitor in American history. Natural gas. Uh, once again, we sure. before Ukraine ever happened, we saw rising gasoline prices but so the answer here is number one stand firm as as the united states and have the free world join us in cutting off funds to russia Odyssey seems to be working better tonight exports we need to put those sanctions on but at the same there was moment, some problems towards the end of the stream earlier but it seems to be working okay now oh you can oh you're gonna use the matches you want the longer ones here use these you got your torch yeah the torch is right there oh, it's easier yeah. with the old ones yeah I got the longer matches, too, if you want to use those. President Biden and this administration must unleash American energy and stop going hat in hand to places like Venezuela. I hear that President Biden may be headed to Saudi Arabia to ask them personally to pump more oil. And oh, yeah, like y'all never went over there and sucked Saudi dick. That's all y'all fucking did. Thanks. The fuck? Holy Man shit. fading in the night sent $3. As you can see, Maria, by my small face and close together eyes, am semi-retarded and alarmed. <laughs> Big tech cult loser sent $3. Question for Cisco. D 
Do you believe there's room for fake Christians in the AF movement? See, is there room for... Uh, well, I think that there's um, room for pragmatic alliances, sure. There we go. Wow. You didn't expect that answer. Now, see how much better it hits... It's just a little. It's just a little too damp, and it's throwing it off. Man, I, oh, I'm so mad. I shouldn't be mad. It was a good choice on the humidor. Just a little too good of a choice. Uh, let's let's go. Big T sent three dollars. Such aggressive shilling. His rabbi handler must be right off camera. Maybe even holding the K cards in <laughs> mouth. <laughs> All right. He looked. He looked really happy when he said it. Did you see his smile? Uh, yeah, I did, actually. All right, there goes uh, the male. Pansu's had her breath held. That's funny. Uh, there he goes. Damn, that was so good earlier. Can we show it? There we go. Hold on. Let me see. Let me put it on the big screen. Oh, wow. Like, that's good. Yeah, shrimp stir fry. Mm. And it's Lenten friendly? Look yeah. Yeah, they can. he can eat crustaceans, right? Yes, sir. There we go. It's sea trash. Yes. All right, more pins. To ask them personally to pump more oil, and for heaven's sakes, uh, let's 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 uh, offline any further discussion of the Iran nuclear deal for the sake of Israel's security, and frankly, in the recognition that now more than ever we should not be dealing with the Ayatollahs in Tehran or Putin in Moscow in in lifting sanctions or pressure. You that promise no porn, Ralph. <laughs> What kind of response might we see from Israel if, in fact, we were to see the U.S. back in this Iran deal? Honestly, we're hearing it's imminent. Well, it's, uh, I have to tell you, in, in meeting with the president of Israel this morning. In I don't give a fuck. And you know what, you motherfucker? We know what you really wanted. God, Trump, oh, he's such a, we saw Bill Barr earlier stabbing Trump in the back. He brought all these snakes in. What did he expect? I mean, honestly. This is the guy Trump picked for vice president. With the prime minister, uh, Israel's made their position clear that uh, they're categorically opposed to the Iran nuclear deal. There's okay, well, let them handle reasons to be. And when, when our okay. administration told You know what? I'm fine if Israel wants to go over there and take care of business. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a single fuck yeah. if they go in there and, and make the Ayatollah lick their ass. I really don't give a shit. Some people need to understand a lot of what happened with Trump and, and the people around him was from Mitch McConnell. He pretty much said if you want anything to get done, you have to hire my people. Well, yeah, he went in there and he started, and Paul Ryan, too. He listened to a lot of these idiots. Deal. Rince Priebus. Because we recognize that not only did it not prevent Iran from obtaining a nuclear weapon, it guaranteed that they would be able to obtain a nuclear weapon in 10 years. But the reality that we would lift sanctions in the immediate short term and see billions of dollars flow in uh, to Iran uh, also will will continue to 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 uh, foment the kind of violence that was characteristic of the region before our administration came into office. That's the concern that yeah. I heard from leaders and from rank and file citizens here in is in Israel. But beyond all of that, again, <laughs> Uh, Maria, uh, it, the idea that we are negotiating way, actively. Victoria Newland really took a tumble. We showed her the other day. It's uh, it's tough. This is what she used to look like. Smash. But time has not been kind. Oh, my God. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> it's a whoa. 
Whoa! Is that the same person, really? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Wow. The dark energy is twisted. Oh, my God. She didn't take her adrenochrome. <laughs> she just missed one single dose. That's all it takes. With Russia in Vienna to revive the disastrous Iran nuclear deal as their tanks are rolling over innocent civilians and the people of Ukraine is unconscionable. It has to stop. And for all those reasons, this administration should abandon any future effort on the Iran nuclear deal. Let's focus on giving the people of Ukraine the support that they yeah. need to defend themselves. Let's isolate Russia economically, particularly with regard to energy. And for heaven's sakes, let's unleash American energy and, and restore uh, America's role in the world as a, as a leading energy provider. Yeah, it's absolutely extraordinary, Mr. Vice Man fading in the night sent $3 forgot to say good Thank evening you. big guy hope all as well. Also, have you heard of the sunglasses called Heatwave? Decent price and they look good. I have not, uh, but I always look at every kind of sunglasses available, so I'll put that here in my sidebar. See, they look pretty nice, actually. Here's a question. Who do you think will do better in the primaries, Mike Pence or Mike Pompeo? Pompeo. By far, yeah, I think Pompeo st would stomp him out. Oh, yeah, these don't look bad, actually. I like some of these designs. I might pick up one of these. They're like 60 bucks. There might be a good pair to wear out a little more. Um, oh, wow, yeah, I like these designs. Yeah, that's not too bad, actually. Heatwave visual. Yeah, I like those. Uh, okay, let me see. There was something I was going to say, and then that... Made me lose my train of thought. But President, in a good way, because those are nice. That Russia is the mediator uh, on behalf of the United States in the Vienna talks. I want to get one more question in, given you are in Israel on this topic, yeah. and then move on to how we're going to unleash uh, this energy in America. The CEO of Chevron said that natural gas pipeline from Israel to Europe could help <laughs> alleviate the shortage. Your what? thoughts on. Are you fucking serious? That's going to be the replacement? Yeah, That's why they're pushing this so hard? Pipelines bad in America. Great, no, no, no. Great in Israel. No, no, no. That's why that that's why this happened then. What? So the replacement for Nord Stream 2 is going to be a massive pipeline from Israel yeah, to Europe. Sense. Yeah. You know, it's funny, as much as they cry about worrying about their national security, they're, they're most at jeopardy <laughs> by trying to do that. Wow. I don't think they have to worry about Iran. I never saw that coming, actually. I should have uh, did a little more investigating. About to say a different word. But. Potential uh, new idea, a pipeline Israel to Europe. Well, uh, any additional... I bet he's going to say that sounds interesting, yeah. ...structure investment that allows for the transfer of natural gas yeah. uh, both into Europe and into Israel... That sounds like a winner, Maria. ...news. I mean, remember, not only were we a net exporter of... of uh, of oil, but also of natural gas. And, and during our administration, we were actually in discussions with several European countries about improving their ports, improving the ability to import American natural gas. But it's amazing to think 
that among the missteps of the Biden administration, after we had sidelined the Nord Stream 2 deal, a plan to build another natural gas pipeline from Russia into the heart of Europe, the Biden administration unilaterally approved it. Man, Fabian in the night sent three dollars. Israel first didn't see that coming. <laughs> Israel first. Until the Russian tanks were rolling into Ukraine, that they pulled back on that. It was a mistake in the very beginning. What we ought to be doing is tying the free world together from the. By the way, Tony Franchise, suck my dick, faggot. You said, is Richard coming or not? I said on Twitter he's coming at 10. So if you're too fucking dumb to fucking see that on your own, then that means you're retarded and dumb, not me. Perspective of energy tying Europe and Israel Tony together. Tony Franchise. Tony Faggot would be more apt. All of that. That's, that's a vouchsafe for the prosperity uh, of freedom in the world. And also, it'll contribute to American prosperity for gen generations to come. Well, you mentioned the XL pipeline. Let me just say, Mr. Vice President, it was on day one of Joe Biden's presidency that he came in and started reversing all of your policies. Also, I've said it like five times during the show. So my apologies if I'm not just warm and fuzzy when I look down and see some guy going, ah, what, is Richard coming or not? Okay, well, he said 10 times he was going to be here at 10, but... Along with President Trump's policies. And now, maybe you joined us. Maybe you joined us late. So. Putting the climate change agenda as the priority. In the middle of all of this, Vice President Kamala Harris is uh, apparently going to Poland. And in doing so, she is continuing to push oh, the this chat. switch to chat. electric vehicles. Here's what the Vice President said yesterday. Watch this. We are all in the midst of a turning point. We have the technology to transition to a zero emission fleet. We can address the climate crisis and grow our economy at the same Shots time. I'm enjoying watching Pence sell out, to be honest. Like she's on the Hunter Biden workout plan. Yeah. She said her favorite subject is electric uh, school buses. <laughs> yeah, uh, this doesn't have me in the best mood either. You're right. Somebody said I'm also upset watching this clip. Yeah, I was already not in the greatest mood. Maria, I, I have to tell you the uh, the the dogged focus oh. uh, of this administration uh, and, and the liberal left and the Democratic Party on their climate change green agenda, even in the face of a Russian invasion of of Ukraine. Uh, it's just astonishing to me. I mean, it's the, admirable, the, the, is what it is, whether you agree with it or not. Uh, oh, they didn't drop their policy goals and some bullshit because the oil companies told them to, or what the fuck? Opportunity to give even more impetus because they uh, got paid off. Green agenda. I mean, telling the American people that you can go out and buy a seventy-five thousand dollar electric car when gasoline is four dollars a gallon—that that's somehow the solution is is pretty absurd. I mean, we, we know the pathway forward to American prosperity is American energy independence. And we know the pathway toward turning back the Russian aggression that is trampling innocent lives and ransacking across Russia. And that is to respond with American strength. Our economy is 15 times larger than the Russian economy. We were a net exporter of energy. We can impose an embargo on oil and natural gas from Russia. We can unleash American energy. Uh, we can unleash. turn back the tide of the Russian military by bringing economic pressure 
pressure for heaven's sakes. Uh, the time is now for this administration to at least take a time out on their climate change agenda and embrace American strength and American energy. Well, especially since we are in an energy crisis right now. Mr. Vice President, what more can be done at For this point? You've sake. met with President Zelensky. You know Vladimir Putin. Uh, can you talk to us a little about these gentlemen? I mean, Vladimir Putin uh, has, has made demands, saying that he does not want uh, any NATO involvement whatsoever. He does not want uh, Ukraine to be part of NATO. What are your thoughts on on Vladimir Putin right now and his mindset. Well, uh, having uh, having stood toe to toe with uh, President Putin myself, I can tell you. Oh my God! Uh, Vladimir Putin only understands toe to toe, and I truly do believe that uh, the reason why our administration is the only American administration in the 21st century where Putin did not try and, and grab land and redraw international borders by force is because he saw American strength. We rebuild our military. We strengthened our, our common alliance. We called on NATO allies to invest more in our common defense. And, I, I, and, and, and we built up American energy and American energy exports yeah. all as we stood with our allies. I think it was that strength that was a Satan is his daddy is what I just read. The deterrence to Putin's ambitions and it's the pathway forward. But I must tell you, I did have the opportunity to spend time with President Zelensky. Uh, I must uh, I, I, I have to tell you that I, uh, I I share the admiration of the world for his personal courage, for the stand that he has taken. I, I have to believe uh, that Putin and the Russian military uh, got more than they bargained for with the strong Ukrainian people and with uh, the strength that President Zelensky has shown. And now is the time yeah. for the free world to stand with him to provide the Ukrainian military with the resources and equipment that they need to defend themselves and repel the Russian invasion. Oh my God. And more than anything else, we've got to impose that oil and natural gas embargo, unleash American energy, and call, as I did today here in Israel, and call on our allies around the world to join us to put a maximum pressure campaign on Russia. All right. Now, Richard is here. All right. Now, let me uh, unmute here. Also, my camera messed up as soon as I did that, but I'll fix it. That's the virtual cam doing that, but... This usually fixes it. There we go. Richard's on the big panel here. I think you can see that. Let me try to fix it. Now, can you hear me, Richard? Oh, wait. Hold on. Wait, wait. I can't hear you, though. Okay. Let's see. Also. I can hear you, and I also hear the delightful sounds of R&B in the background. Really? I can't hear that. Big tech cult boy oh, said right. $3, Ralph. Oh. You don't say That's based enough on stream or have enough irony in your voice. What's up with that? Me and my Grow Iper army don't think it's very cool, dude. I'm bald and my Grow Iper friends always have my back. All right, now, thank you. Uh, uh, why is my camera doing this? Hold up. I may have to. I don't know. We'll see. If it keeps doing that, I may have to. Yeah, I'm, I'm hearing something in the way you make me feel in the background. Am I no, just wait, that's literally you, going insane? No, dude, or? That's, not, that's yours, man. There's no. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's not happening here. All right. I'm <laughs> <laughs> what? 
Oh, it's not. Oh, I got it. Okay. It was, oh my God. It was on a, uh, <laughs> that's actually pretty funny. Uh, it was on a, a window that I had open. That's I was funny. like, what? Uh, I don't know. That. I don't <laughs> think that's out of my head. <laughs> uh, Richard Spencer's here. Now we're going to. Uh, pause the TTS, like I said. Now we'll unpause it in like fifteen, twenty minutes and get some of the questions in, just so we could get a, you know, a little respite and people can talk uh, in yeah. full in full thoughts. We will get them in, so stack them up if you want. But I just want to put that out at the beginning. If you're like, hey, I don't hear it immediately, that's why. Uh, now Richard's here. Uh, what's going on in Russia and Ukraine? Uh, well, I, I've, uh, I've actually been on a big hiking trip the last 10 days. Did really? something happen? Yeah. <laughs> well, where'd you hike first off? <laughs> no, I was, I was oh, joking. I thought you actually, um, <laughs> I do go on hiking trips, not, not of the 10 day variety, but, um, the Appalachian trail. I remember when, uh, the governor of South Carolina did that. I was living in South Carolina at the time, by the way, and that was so. almost tragic and romantic he was off with his mistress or yeah something. south american he abandoned mistress. his post as governor and yes he just went he to looked, go find himself he yeah. literally did yeah yeah all right now um, there's a war in ukraine obviously but uh, yeah you know. well um i'll give you i guess the the lowdown i mean i i i would say this i mean what we have seen isn't just a Russian attack on Ukraine. Uh, I think we've witnessed a massive paradigm shift, a global reset. I, I actually think that's a very good way of describing it. I know that was a kind of term that was thrown around the right wing. I don't think this is the reset they had in mind, but it is a reset to the 20th century in many ways. And we have, with some important differences, but we have re-entered that type of landscape in which nuclear war is now an option, uh, in which the concept of the West, as opposed to a unipolar global system or something like that, is now something that is on everyone's lips. You see it in every headline. Uh, so I don't think this can be underestimated, uh, what has just happened. I mean, we have entered a new, absolutely new paradigm, and when you get new information, you sometimes change your opinion. And when the world changes as dramatically as it has, you also have to allow your, your thinking and your, your actions and your, your basic conception of like us and them change as well. Um, I, I don't think this can be underestimated what, what has happened. Now, what do you think of Putin's decision to go into the, not the Ukraine, excuse me, Ukraine. <laughs> They'll get on to me if I, I fall into that. Uh, I haven't done it this whole time, which is fucking hilarious. I almost did it there. All right. What do you think about it? Well, I understand his reasoning, and I don't think Putin is a madman, and I think he is actually acting in a understandable or fairly rational way. Uh, he views he has a concept of empire, which is very different than Washington, D.C.'s concept of like, you know, economic globalism and the American empire and all that kind of stuff. He has a concept of a Russian zone and he has a also a concept of Ukraine, which has a lot of historical resonance to it, which is that it is just 
absolutely part of Russia and that the Russian Empire has a, a almost kind of like a dual capital in Kiev and Moscow. Um, there, there, you know, a lot of people will talk about, you know, NATO aggression and, and, and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it, NATO was founded in the late 40s. It, it was actually created during the German crisis, the Berlin crisis. Uh, it is absolutely a military alliance directed against a Soviet or you could say Russian empire, because in many ways, the Soviet Union inherited the structure of the Russian empire. Um, so, yeah, I mean, can NATO be, you know, over aggressive? Was there could have there been a way that we could have solved this problem, like some kind of neutralization of Ukraine? Maybe. But the fact is, that is what NATO does. NATO is NATOing. It is an anti-Russian alliance. That's what it is. So this idea that NATO is, you know, uh, out of control or that NATO expansion is threatening Russia, well, it, it just seems to be utterly beside the point. It's like criticizing a a quarterback for throwing the football down the field. It, it's that's what he does. And um, I agree that NATO went through a kind of identity crisis over the last 30 years. W what is this? What do we do with this thing? It's like a Ferrari in your garage. It was a it was a Cold War relic, apparently. What do we do with this thing? Should we just should we get rid of it? Should we scrap it for parts? Should we, you know, go on humanitarian interventions? We don't know. Well, now its original raison d'etre has returned. There is a similar identity crisis with Russia. <laughs> Who, who are we? Are, are we, should we join NATO? That was actually thrown out, uh, th uh, thrown out in the sense of offered up at some point. I would absolutely have supported that if I were in government um, in the late 90s and 2000s. But, you know, who are we as Russians? What, what does this empire mean? Well, Putin has made things that are unclear, clear. He has reestablished what he is about. And we have reentered the 20th century. It is just a totally new paradigm. So, yes, NATO, like, there could have been a lot of things that could have been done. But I'm not even sure that even if, like, you know, John Mearsheimer or me or something like that was Secretary of State, <laughs> with John, at least there's a 1% chance that could happen. With me, there's less than that. But even if we were Secretary of State and we made some, you know, diplomatic realpolitik offer of like, well, let's allow Ukraine to go into the EU, but then we'll also sign a treaty that says for the next hundred years, it will never enter NATO. So it's kind of a compromise. I, I don't think he would, Putin would have accepted such a thing. I don't think Putin will accept anything outside of the reestablishment of his zone, the Russian zone and retaking the Russian lands. And it is what it is. I, in a way, respect it. I don't think he is a lunatic. Um, I, I think it's people are on edge and, and panicked because we've re-entered a 20th century kind of, in a way, stability. Um, but a stability in which nuclear war is uh, now an option. Um, so, I mean, that, that's how I view it. And um, that's where we are. And... I mean, I guess you wanted me to come on here to call people out as traitors. Well, that's what you said. Now, wait, hold on. First off, I do have the willing to do that. I do have but. the TTS clock on the screen, by the way. Uh, so we'll. Uh, I'm going to try this. We'll see how that works. Um, now, 
Yeah, well, I mean, you did say the Trader, I think the Trader Caucus or, or something like that on Twitter. Yeah, the I mean, Traders Coalition. Yeah, yeah, the Traders Coalition. Now, so I didn't, I did kind of hype up that that verbiage, but I mean, you did use that verbiage. So yeah. Uh, now, what makes you say that? Now you came on. That was a very level-headed analysis, I thought, uh, and uh, very laid back, and you, it wasn't really yeah. fire breathing. But uh, that well, kind of was on Twitter. I, I think that you know the Russian advance creeps along. And it, I mean, I, I had, I had forgotten this, but I mean, it took a month for the U S to, to reach Baghdad and that was in a totally different situation. Um, so it might yeah. take three months or so for Putin to reach Kiev or something. I mean, I think it's reasonable to say that he is going to win. Yeah. Um, now what he does after that, because you know, the a national spirit among Ukrainians, however ambivalent they might've been, they're not ambivalent now, at, at least once you get like a little bit westerly, um, there there are certain you know the Donbass region. I'm sure you can absolutely find people support this and say they're Russian, but other than that, you won't. And so, I I don't I I, I think the whole situation just seems totally unworkable for Putin. And if maybe if this had been done in 2004, that would have been a different story. Uh, but um, I, I see a divided Ukraine. I see a German solution. That is my prediction that I'll, I'll throw out there for people. Um, I, I see a German solution, a divided Ukraine, and I think at least half of it will be member, a full member of NATO within the next, say, three to five years. And the other half will be part of the Russian zone, and it's going to be a really painful, divided place. But in terms of the traitor stuff, what I've noticed is that there is this huge crossover between people who were really into support the steel, uh, stop the steel. COVID is a lie. I hate everything. Um, uh, What's, what's the next, you know, conspiracy theory that they're into. It's just a kind of like coalition of malcontents. Now I understand to a very large degree why they think that, but they are basically just kind of like looking at their screen and they think that like Putin has invaded Jen Psaki's miniskirt. <laughs> Sorry, that was bad. Um, <laughs> they think that like, this is some campaign against wokeness or feminism or that the U S has been humiliated or NATO has been humiliated and, Oh, the global economy is going down and, you know, blah, blah, you know, J six has been redeemed. Putin's the good guy. They, they, they have such resentment, much of it totally well-founded, but it's such an overwhelming resentment. You see this, the dirt bag left a lot of the dissident, right? Most of the dissident, right? I would say that you just start to root on another country that is literally threatening you with nuclear war and is not actually going to solve any, a single problem for you in your country. And in fact, wishes the worst upon you. Now, but wait, hold on. Now, are they threatening us that with nuclear like war? A traitors coalition. Well, now hold on. Uh, we're not involved in direct warfare with Russia. Uh, I don't think to. <laughs> we are though. Well, okay. Well, not. I mean, what? Giving weapons to another country? We are. We aren't. We're involved with war. Or we're not. Like, I mean, I don't know. We're not declared war against. We have not done that. Uh, no, and, of course not. There's no no fly zone. Well, and until and we, until we do that, providing aid and okay, like those threats are we absolutely provided aid to a lot of different. Us. 
scenarios and, and terrorists and countries and we've killed dictators and overthrown governments. Uh, we don't have to support every foreign policy decision our government makes. Uh, and right up until we are actually at war, I, I would say it's uh, it's fun to, to go out and say whatever you want uh, about uh, about our foreign policy decisions. Right. I mean, I don't I, think that, I, that makes I it- have my own criticisms, but. Like, now, if we were at war with Russia, right okay, now. I mean, this you would be not, right. Th- we, we haven't chosen to go to war in Iraq or, or something like that. And the people on the other side are not like I, I, I mean, I. Well, they call people traitors who were against the Iraq war uh, in, in 2003. Yeah. Uh, plenty of people were called that. Uh, and it was ridiculous then, honestly. But it, that was a war scenario. Um, you know, and people were speaking out saying this was bullshit and we should pull back. And this is much more dramatic and paradigm shifting than the Iraq war. Well, I agree. It's it's a much more dangerous. Yeah. I mean, uh, well, look, I've been saying this on the show, uh, the last week. I mean, this is way more serious than Iraq. I mean, that's like playing around the sandbox, uh, versus what can happen with this scenario. I mean, that's not even, uh, but I mean, we set a lot of these, a lot of precedent with our actions, uh, in Iraq. And when we see Connolly, Lisa Rice uh, and these usual suspects on TV talking about sovereignty, etc. I mean, it's a fucking joke. Uh, and you, you say, why would anybody? I mean, I don't know if you said this exactly. It's because but- it's Europeans. It's white people. I mean, some of these journalists said this out loud last weekend, and they were corrected, and I doubt they'll say it again. But the, the reason is, is because it is viewed as a European country. So it evokes the Second World War, and it just matters more. I mean, I agree with the hypocrisy. I mean, Joe Biden now is like calling and not getting through to the Saudis and they're mad that he's not like fully behind their horrifying genocidal well not 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 exactly genocidal but horrifying campaign in Yemen and yeah. it, it's just you know like it, it's i know it's horrible to say but on some at some level those people don't matter as much and this is real this is this could affect Central Europe almost immediately. I mean, this this could affect um, Western Europe. This this brings us back to campaigns that were really about the soul of the world and, and the Second World War and the Cold War. So it just matters more. And, you know, for whatever you want to say, people look at Iraq and it's like, well, I mean, I absolutely oppose the Iraq War. It's what got me into well, yeah. dissident politics. But it's like, at the end of the day, it doesn't, fundamentally change things and when you're battling over heartland europe it does well and but look what i'm saying is you just laid it out at the start of the show what putin's doing is not irrational this is not some no. wild thing he's been pushed into this in a lot of ways uh now did he have to make the call in the end no he didn't i mean that was a bold move uh that i don't know too many others who probably would have done that in the current uh, modern landscape but uh <laughs> you, you talk about nato is an inherently anti-russian organization on his doorstep pushing his expansion um they keep making hostile moves towards russia instead of any, uh, basically, you know, treating them like an enemy uh, this whole time. And, you know, Russia's Russia, like you said. They don't always have our best interests at heart, uh, to, to put it mildly. That's true, but um, there's no reason they should, uh, right? Like, I, I, don't, um, I don't see it as some traitor's declar- declaration to um, be, if not pro-Putin, somewhat you know, uh, a little bit rooting for Russia in this because the media is kind of, I mean, and you can put it how you want, but uh, 
there's been story after story where, um, you know, the ghost of Kiev and all this bullshit and just flat out lies and Zelensky being pushed down your throat and all that. You would think we were at war with Ukraine, to be honest with you. You're right. Uh, driving up to D.C., the Kennedy Center. I was there this past weekend. It's lit up in the Ukrainian colors coming up from Florida the week before. There's billboard after billboard of Ukraine strong and all this stuff. It's being shoved down your throat, I guess is what I'm saying. You see the same people from the Iraq war era on tv saying the same bullshit uh and it's just not a good feel uh i guess is what i'm saying and uh i I I think this is all a good thing and i i i feel like the right simply the right and in a a huge segment not maybe not huge very significant segment of the left wants to oppose this just because they want to oppose everything and they want to project fantasies upon Russia or, uh, you know, uh, or, or even uh, certainly other people project fantasies on Ukraine, but they want to project fantasies on, on Russia that aren't there. Um, once you have an enemy abroad, that is going to make the world more conservative death is in the air you've got to face off against an adversary the the intensity of that makes you rethink matters we're going to have to rethink energy germany is going to force to rethink energy and all this green stuff which was supported by uh to a large extent russians by the way uh is going to be thrown out the window in favor of nuclear power and so on so like intensity and danger are good and they bring about like a greater kind of right wing quality uh, well, a lot people of- as, as the cold war did and what you guys are, are not you guys necessarily, but like That's what fun. libertarians online are, they're almost like lamenting the end of globalism or something like that. You know, it's like, Oh, you know, why did NATO have to do this? You know, uh, that's just that's just totally like denying any agency to Putin as if he didn't want this all along. He made and the, hasn't yeah. wanted this for a long time. And I it's like, why did said. NATO force this upon us? Like, you know, we should just be, it, it's just like this desire for the for, for the end of history. But they also gave him the excuse, I guess, is what I'm saying. It's clear. Uh, and if you read anything about Putin before this, you would already know that this has been his stated position, especially in private. He's talked about this kind of thing all the time. Uh, and I've read story after story literally for years uh, uh, about his thought process on this and his speech where he came out, basically declared war uh, on Ukraine, that two hour speech or no, it was the one right before, I guess they went to war, that long speech. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he just laid out his whole philosophy and it's going back. It's a history lesson. Professor Putin, Professor yes. Putin style, basically. I loved it. Uh, you don't see anything <laughs> like that ever from a U.S. president uh, like the guy was speaking in, in big terms you know what i mean and historical concepts and Mm -hmm. what did the czar do and lenin did this uh anyway um so you you see that but okay that's true he made the call but we kind of played into that being his you know what i mean like him being able to say okay it's a responsible call right or it's a it's a fair call by us always kind of um uh, never relenting in the anti-russianness i guess yeah, I mean, there, there, there's been a kind of mini Cold War for a long time, and you can see this with things like Edward Snowden. You could see this with the Pussy Riot. I mean, this is going back to like 2012. Well, there's like an establishment built up ago. even from the Cold War, right? Where there's still this, there's still this anti-Russian apparatus that never went away ever. Right. 
And there's a there's a, a residual anti-Russian feeling in the American public as well. Yeah, that too. Yeah. Yes. And so it, it, it is what it is. I mean, I, I lament much of that. If I could have my way, um, I would want a NATO alliance that, that's kind of reimagined and, and basically includes the, it's a Northern Hemisphere alliance. It would include Russia. And Russia would be providing gas to Germany. Like that's a good use of that, um, all of that massive land. But the thing is, what I want and what Putin wants, Putin does not see the world like that. When Putin was actually in a dialogue with Michael McFall, he pointed to his skin and he goes, you, this is so deceptive. You think I'm white like you. I'm not white. We don't think like, he is not, he does not have the vision that someone like myself does. He has a vision of a Russian sphere that much as the Soviet Union almost needed to define itself against uh, capitalism and the decadent West or whatever, almost needs to define itself against the West. It has its own identity issues and they do not want what is best for us. I was mistaken about that for a long time because I, in a way bought into the the hype and and what was ultimately propaganda uh they they want the russians view define themselves by by like let's spread chaos in the west like we want to we want to promote the worst possible thing in the west to take shape that is what they want for us and absolutely as one television commentator said i mean what's the what's the use of the world if russia can't be in it the idea that they would, I mean, I don't, I'm not saying they want this, but the idea that they are totally fearful or it's off the table that they won't engage in some kind of nuclear exchange is just wrong. They are willing to do that. And that means that we need to return to the kind of national security apparatus that we had previously. And we need to kind of examine ourselves and begin understanding ourselves as Westerners vis-a-vis this threat. And as you can tell, like, I just love this at the end of the day, like this is more, it's, it's filled me with more enthusiasm. The Europe is uniting I mean, the Europeans want well, a to big be European armed. War. Europe is excited about Germany rearming. I mean, that, that was impossible two weeks ago. Now it's happening. I mean, it's just the greatest thing. I mean, people are arming across the continent. European unity and unification is occurring because of this. I mean. All right, we're going to take college, by the way. I love Uh, it. Let me let me take some of these super chests too. let me the timers up. We'll do another timer after we go through these. Uh, Let's see. Where are we at here? Uh, Okay, hold on. Where is this? Oh, boy. Okay. Let's see. Big T. Some sometimes they come in out of order. I'm trying to make sure I didn't miss any. Let me let me refresh that and go back. Uh okay. Cisco, we got that on Big T. Okay. Big T sent three dollars such aggressive shilling. His rabbi handler must be right off camera. Maybe even holding the K cards this, in the mouth. This is from earlier before Richard even came on. I think that's from Pence. <laughs> oh, that's from Pence. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say, that wasn't even, that was at 950. I was like, he wasn't even here uh, at that point. Okay. Did that one play earlier? Because I didn't. I think it did. Oh, okay. It I didn't did. hear that one. Okay. Uh, all right. Yeah, this one didn't. Okay. All right. Uh, let's see. 
Spicy sent $3. What would Dugan do? Did you study that shit as much as your All ex-wife? Right. Tell me what you think about Duganist and shit. Now, the, the Duganist part is fair, but anyway, what, what do you want to ask? Well, I mean, Dugan remains a, a, a fascinating intellectual and man, and, um, you know, on, on, on that level, I, I certainly have respect for him, but um, he is absolutely a, a kind of extreme expression of, of what I'm talking about in terms of defining a Russianness against the West and seeking greater chaos and, and destruction in the West. Um, now, Dugan is not a Rasputin to Putin or something like that. I, I, I think he's as much a Rasputin to Putin as I am a Rasputin to Trump in the sense, you know, <laughs> very, very little. Uh, but I, I think he is, he's, he, he represents a kind of bombastic extreme version of what I'm talking about. Um, Dugan doesn't seek the betterment of the white race or something like this. Dugan is, I mean, he began obviously as a Russian Bolshevik, um, he is a kind of Nazbol, the original Nazbol. Uh, he has a Eurasian vision. Um, it is the, the West is a foil to this. Uh, the West is what needs to be avoided. The West is evil almost in this conception. Uh, I mean, I, I respect Dugan, but you have to see him for who he is. All right. Uh, by the way, Cisco, I'll let you get in, get in here in a minute too if you want to ask some questions. Uh, now let me um, also see here. Uh, okay, I hit the wrong button. All right, damn Bigfoot, go. Damn Bigfoot sent three dollars. How do the pro-Russia people cope with the ten thousand Chechens Islamists screaming Allah Akbar while marching to kill white Ukrainians to denazify a country with a Jewish leader? You know, there, there is some interesting uh, dynamics at play here. The Nazi Azov Battalion or, or, or whatever. There's definitely Nazis in Ukraine, too. Um, yeah, I mean, look, they're, 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 they're Nazis. They're skinheads everywhere, okay? And, uh, you well, know, the no Azov Battalion are very serious people. Now, yeah. the Azov Battalion, I, I would not, I will never deny um, the humanitarian crisis in Donbass and uh, you know I I don't know how many people have died there's been estimates of I've heard 15,000 I've heard higher than that I, I don't have an opinion on that other than it's a crisis and I wish it would not happen um, but I mean think about the and I also understand people in that region who are just totally understand themselves as Russians I mean I get it um, but I mean the Maidan I, I think there's been this tendency, and I fell into this tendency as much as anyone um, previous to my kind of rethinking, but um, there's this tendency of just seeing Maidan as this just CIA op. The fact is there was a lot of organic, um, sp uh, emotional, spontaneous coming together involved in Maidan, and it was about Ukraine is Europe in the sense that they did not, they view, rightly or wrongly, Russian rule as Soviet rule, and I kind of understand why they would think that in the sense that Russian rule means extreme wealth inequality and extreme um, uh, centralization of all 
domestic product in the hands of these oligarch types. Now, whether Ukraine's a lot better, you know, fair enough, but there, there was a call to become part of Europe and a call for something different in my in Maidan. And even Azov, I mean, I've been looking into them a, a little bit more recently. Um, they wanted a kind of Maidan in Russia in the sense that they want to see Russians as achieving this kind of new world, this kind of European spirit along with them. So, you know, I... I'm not going to give a full endorsement of Azov. They, they are what they are. They're obviously fierce, passionate fighters. There's some really big problems. I absolutely condemn any kind of, you know, these vicious attacks that they engaged in um, against uh, Russians, the burning down of buildings, people inside of it, horrible stuff. But, you know, you, you, you have to kind of like see where the movement is. And what does it mean when Ukrainians want to be a nation state? That means that they want to be a part of the greater white race. And they don't want a Soviet atmosphere. They, they want what is a, a recognizable, you know, white country. And to be part of the West. And that means kind of being part of us. And that's something that we can participate in as well. I think there are a lot of very good things about uh, what we're seeing on, on the Western side. And if a bunch of Redditors and mainstream media people and Jen Psaki and whatever support it, all the better. We don't need to make decisions based on, you know, uh, NBC likes this, therefore I hate it. You know, NBC probably likes eating steak and drinking bourbon. That doesn't mean that those things are bad. <laughs> Now wait a minute. Was that? Does that, I feel like that was a personal? All right. Now let me. Um... <laughs> All right. Let me play this. Kiosquin sent three dollars. Richard, now that you're on the World Economic Forum's payroll, can you tell us whether or not its health and dental plan is better than the FBI's plan? Right. Have you sat on Klaus Schwab's lap yet? All right. Now that would be. All right, now, Klaus Schwab, what do you know about Schwab? Well, I'll ask him. He's just in the other room. Yeah. <laughs> All right, now, some of these, are, you know how they go. Some of them are insulting or whatever. Godzilla37 sent $3, Richard. Serious question. There's no way you're not gay. Okay. Yeah. Dylan sent $3, no matter your opinion or where you fall on the DR. Can we all agree Richard Spencer just sounds epic every time he talks? Even if he was reading the phone book. Nice one. Godzilla 37 sent $3, I know. I know wasn't a question. Now answer it. Alright, now. Go ahead, Dylan. Dylan Folk sent $3. Richard, did you see the comment on the Angel Dust YouTube channel yesterday? I wake up, listen to Richard, go to sleep. More audio of Richard is uploaded. This is my life now. Lamau. Did you write that, Dylan? What? The God don't... He said, did you see there was a comment, I guess, on the Angel Dust YouTube channel. I wake up, listen to Richard, go to sleep. More audio of Richard is uploaded. This is my life now. Um, oh, I see. Some, so someone's really listening. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Someone really heard Good. That. All right, let's see. 
Oh, now, wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Right, I'll, I'll read that one. I'll read that one. Uh, hey, Dick, he said, how about that um, certain heritage, certain persuasion, quote, unquote, Ukrainian president? Um, um, well, look, guys, there there are Jews everywhere. Like, if, if, if you know, Putin has a very good relationship with um, Jews. Israel has mostly been neutral. I, I don't know if Israel has actually sounded off on this crisis. They seem to be taking the kind of China policy where they don't want to sound massively hypocritical. And so they don't really um, condemn anyone invading in a, a neighboring country. Um, but, you know, again, it, it's just, it's, it's like, if you, if, if you want to go find if, if, if you want to go find, like, there's some Jew behind something. I mean, there is apparently a Jewish backing of Azov Battalion. Um, there's yeah, Jewish we've heard about that, actually, yeah. Of the Wagner group, which is, or the Wagner group, which is trying to assassinate Zelensky. There's, I mean, you, you can find Now, some... what about this? Now, I have to, what about, let me ask you about this, though. There is theories that there's Jewish backing on both sides, basically. Uh, and this has been laid out to me several times by viewers of the show. Certain segment, at least. Uh, a lot of people are pro-potent, obviously, and they're cheering or whatever. Uh, but there are some people who say this is uh, basically... Jewish power, Jewish influence is kind of directing this on both sides uh, and that they're, they're winning. Well, there, there's Jewish involvement on both sides, but you, you can basically say that about everything. I mean, there, there's Jewish involvement in Hollywood. There's also Jewish involvement in like Christian, the Christian movie industry. There's Jewish involvement in pornography. There's Jewish involvement in gospel music. I mean, it's just like you can just... Right. You enter a labyrinth of Jews are smart and wealthy and they get involved in stuff. But um, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't think this is some like trick to slaughter a bunch of white people. I mean, as I said at the beginning, um, I, I think there are Russia has real interests. Those interests are not mine. Those interests are not ours. We live in a very different situation. No. I was just going to say, but, somebody in chat said there were good people on both sides. There were good Jews on both sides. I mean, you, yeah, you can say that about almost everything, basically. Holy shit. All right, let me get these in. Then be ready, Cisco. I'm coming to you next. Now, where is the... Uh, okay, here we go. Then we'll do the timer again, and we'll take some calls, too. Oh, my God. A non-underscore boy sent $3 part of the West is literally now. homosexuality, transgenderism, and non-white mass immigration. Now, what about that? Well, yeah, yes, we have gone mad. There is no question. And there are actually some really deep reasons for that. And there are some kind of shallow reasons for that. There are some reasons for that of like, we've gone crazy due to social media and so on. But there are, of course, some deeper egalitarian and nihilistic principles at the heart of how we understand the West. But just to sum up who we are as we promote transsexual transsexuality in kindergarten. It's just, it is in itself nihilistic. I mean, is like, that's who we are. That's all we are. And I will also just say you, people don't have to buy in to my hot take theory that the world is going to become more conservative due to this, particularly America and the West, but you don't necessarily, you can disagree with that. Um, but 
like to to sum up our very being in terms of we promote homosexuality it's just simply wrong and in some ways the west is going to be tested like if all we are are gay pride parades then we actually can lose a global conflict but the question is can something be transformed can something change when the the whole world situation changes can values actually shift when something as dramatic as what we are seeing is taking place? Also, 1,600 viewers live across three platforms. Odyssey, Cozy, the YouTube Mirror. It'll also be up on podcast at some point be tomorrow. right back. Keep yeah, talking. I'm just, I need to, my AirPods ran out of power. That's fine. Charge One sec. That's fine. Go ahead. Uh, we'll talk for a second uh, and talk about those Richard men. They always they always turn out uh, every single time for for Mister Spencer, no matter what. Uh, now, are you ready? Do you have your yeah. queries? All right. Well, it's kind of changed a little bit. His his take was a little more reasonable than I was expecting. Okay. All right. Well, we'll get you in just a second because there's a couple more of these. Uh, let's see. All right. The I God Emperor sent $5 Spencer supporting Global Homo for the good of the white race. Buck broken. All right, now. Leon sent $10. Dear Mr. Spencer, please retire from politics, please. You can Ten only no. hurt us. You can't help in any way. You must know this. Please consider. Thank you for your time. What do you say to that? And also the one before you could respond to as well. And then I'll let Cisco get in and we'll take some calls and all that stuff. Oh, I see. I'll get these last two in. Go ahead, real quick. You want to respond to that? Uh, I can only hurt you guys. Maybe I want to hurt you guys. I mean, I I don't know what to say. I don't. I do me. I I don't do you. I'm not trying to help whoever said that comment. Like, I'm not here to help you. I'm here to pursue what I think is principled and important and serious. And I'm not on your team. I don't think you guys have ever been on my team. I don't know if I've ever been on your team. So what's the big deal? All right. Now, let's see. Uh... A non-underscore boy sent $3. Sorry, Spencer. That is literally what we are now. All right. Now. Oh, I Yehuda Finkelstein sent $10. Damn. Richard. Is it true that the just for men hair dye you use has addled your brain and turned you into a wokatard? No. What's up? How does this go with the just for men? No, I don't, I'm not sure. All right. I like it. <laughs> I've, I've never been accused of dyeing my hair before, but this had, is a first. I hadn't heard that one. All right, now uh, we'll start up entry because I forgot. Cisco, go ahead while I figure that out, and I'll get that going if people want to use it. <laughs> Well, how's it going, Richard? Good to meet you. Good to see you. Um, now, a lot of us on the right, of course, we kind of view the EU and NATO as, as kind of a vehicle for globalism with the kind of progressive as a vehicle for global progressive values. Um, and that includes things like multiculturalism. And I think even Eric Stryker the other day <clears throat> made a post about explaining to what life is like as a white person here in our multicultural society to the Azov Battalion and, and, and these type of people, um, ultra-nationalists in Ukraine, um, basically implicating that, hey, you're, you're working against your own interest here. Um, you think Russians are bad, wait until your country is filled with uh, African migrants type thing. 
Um, and, and it seems like this is, you know, we look at NATO and the conflict as, as kind of that, the progressive value vehicle for progressive values and multiculturalism versus this apparent right-wing reactionary worldview that Russia has. Um, maybe that's exaggerated, I'm, I'm sure. Um, but there seems to be a, a kind of a traditional ethic and worldview that they have. Most of us here oppose the progressive regime here at home. So why would why would we support that agenda over this apparent reactionary force? Does Eric Stryker want Russia to conquer America, kind of like a reverse Red Dawn, where he would uh, they would come in and install you know GFs for everyone and make everyone Orthodox <laughs> Christian or? What, what does he have in mind by this? Well, I, I just I, I, I want to don't understand. Be he wants, or he but... he's a vicarious Russian nationalist. He wants to save, you know, pr- you know, you know, keep uh, traditionalism going in another country or something. I mean, I I don't I don't even know what to say to something like that. Um, I think that is based in large part upon a, a fantasy. Um, uh, in terms, this is not entirely Russia's fault. I would say this beforehand, but in terms of just some rates of alcoholism, rates of abortion, rates of familial dysfunction, rates of social dysfunction, these are are very high. And in birth rates, were very low. Now, things have evened out and birth rates in Russia and France and Germany are, are roughly similar, though I have heard some criticism about that uh, in terms of the, you know, ethnic, you know, uh, uh, ethnic uh, makeup of of Greater Russia, uh, but Greater Russia is not just some wheat field country. I mean, I've traveled throughout Russia. Um, Moscow is by no means this just purely white city. There's actually a tremendous Central Asian um, element there. So, I mean, th- this is just you know, kind of based on fantasy. What what the question I would add is like. What has the Soviet Union desired for the West and what has what what is Putin desire for the West? We actually know this because we have information on this. Um, Putin himself was stationed in Dresden for throughout the 80s and um, maybe even up, up, up to the early or very early 90s. Um, what did they promote in West Germany? They promoted crazed, um, violent terrorist organizations like the Red Army Faction. Um, I don't know. Maybe Eric Stryker kind of likes that, you know, crazed anti-bourgeois communist uh, type of activity. But it was meant to generate chaos in the West. Um, More recently, Putin has kind of done some propaganda uh, to try to appeal to the right. Uh, He did that with January 6th, kind of, you know, saying, oh, we're monitoring the political prisoners and Russian television. There's a lot of talk about how, you know, there's no free speech in the West and everyone's thrown into prison. Just look at these people. Maybe there's some kernels of truth to no free speech, but uh, you could say equally say the same thing in Russia. Um, He wants the worst and he promotes things like the, the far right or even promoting something like Trump, not that he's going to get some, you know, big geopolitical grab from it. He did get some things from Trump in early 2016 when Manafort was working for him. But it's just basically about giving people black eyes, you know, dumping Hunter Biden's laptop on the world and just spreading chaos and, and nonsense. 
And I don't want any of that. It doesn't actually lead anywhere. And the, the notion that Russia is a traditionalist society is just a kind of absurd. Um, it is a impoverished society due to their economic system. And when you get to the heart of the matter in, in Moscow or St. Petersburg, it's basically the West. Um, I mean, I, I don't, you know, they're, they actually are going to be really pissed by these sanctions, not, not just the inflation of the ruble, but the fact that they can't buy Gucci handbags. I mean, that, that's going to seriously maybe even threaten Putin's legitimacy among those people. Um, all of this is just fantasy. And uh, I, I'm, just, I'm just kind of tired of it. I mean, the, the West in general has gone down a, we, we are in a downward spiral. And we have nihilism at the very heart of what we are doing. And you can see this crop up in America. You can see it in Western Europe. You can see it in Russia. And we have to confront that. My small hope is that a kind of hot conflict like this, a cold war where, where there's an intensity and death is in the air, is actually going to inspire some inner reflection and a kind of a new identity crisis. Now, I might be wrong about that. But um, that's what we have to do, not not just jump on like vicarious bandwagons like Russia's great or Venezuela's based or all of this nonsense. Venezuela is not based. I'll say that for the record. No, in my opinion, no, I won't get on that train. Uh, Go ahead, Cisco, follow up, and then we're going to get the calls in. I'll I'll pick up the pace here a little bit uh, on my end. Sorry about my pacing here. Go ahead. Sure, sure. Full disclaimer, I am am Orthodox Christian. I'm, I'm a member of the Russian Orthodox Church. And and so from our like I don't think any of us at least myself or anyone who has ties to Russia and we are friends there church connections or whatever are under any illusion that Russia is this kind of perfect you know trad Christian Orthodox workplace but when we look historically we we kind of do see a character change you know we we do harken back to the pre-Bolshevik revolution and we 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 ourselves suffered greatly during the Soviet Union um, with the persecution of our church. And then in 1991, when the Soviet Union collapsed, uh, we, we see a reemergence of orthodoxy uh, kind of taking a uh, kind of guiding the direction, at least culturally, again of Russia. And so we will not we acknowledge I even like I wrote a piece for Gab News that published yesterday. I acknowledge in that, hey, you know, abortion's still a thing. Premarital attitudes on premarital sex and all of these quote unquote you know um, degenerate stuff is still a problem there, but it's trending in the in a, the opposite direction that like the what what we have here, which which you've kind of mentioned. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I just yeah, see I, a real a real the 90s. transformation. No question. I mean, but the nineties was a disaster, and in many ways, the U.S created that disaster um, with the, the shock therapy and, and so on there. And, and there, there, it, there, it could have been done better. I mean, no, no question. Um, but I mean, look on, on those kinds of measurements like abortion and teen pregnancy, these are going down in the West as well. Um, I mean, I, I think there's just a deeper nihilism. I, I was thinking about this. I don't know if I want to do a little thread on this, but it's, it's like, there is a very famous TV commercial um, in the mid nineties with Gorbachev, where he was in a pizza hut 
It wasn't quite a McDonald's. That would have been more perfect, but it was a pizza hut. So he, he agreed I to participate this. in a yeah. pizza hut ad. You can find it on YouTube. <laughs> and you have the older generation in this uh, table argument with the younger generation and um, about the usual stuff. And uh, then Gorbachev walks in and, and both generations are like, Ooh, this is a great guy, you know? And, um, and then they, but then they all agree that pizza tastes good. <laughs> so it's like the, you know, this brings us together and, you know, there was something kind of like homey and almost kind of trad, you know, it was family life, you know, about that, but it was, you could also view it from a Fukuyama's lens is like, this is the just pure end of history. Like, Pizza Hut has annihilated communism. It's even like fed social strife with pizza, shoved pizza down its mouth. And, it, you know, you could kind of see that as this just utter nihilism of uh, uh, of the American way of life. Um, one thing I've noticed now, McDonald's has uh, apparently shut down in, in Russia. There was a 30 years end of an era, you know, it's like McDonald's conquered Marx. Yeah. And now some of these... Uh, Russian pizza chains that have the word Mac in them are making a comeback. So we're all like, you know, now you, you don't have the evil capitalist American McDonald's. You now have, you know, Mac, you know, <laughs> Donamac or whatever, just some uh, like Russian version of exactly the same form of cultural nihilism. All right, let me get some callers in here. Uh, Shia, go ahead. Now, let's be a little, I won't say respectful, but get, you know what I mean? Let's not get too crazy where we can't understand what you mean. Go ahead. Uh, not saying you in particular. I'm just saying that at the start of the calls. Let's, now go ahead. Uh, yeah, I actually, I actually have kind of like a nice, polite question and everything. Okay. okay. So, uh, I just wanted to ask, you know, when you're talking about the Traders Coalition, like, who are we betraying? Is it the American state or the American people? Because they're not the same thing, you know. Um, yeah, you're you're betraying both because the American people can will only exist if there is some kind of state to protect them. And you are attack you're not attacking feminism by siding with another country. You're basically attack attacking the thing about the United States government that is there to protect you. So I, I, the other thing about the traitors, I mean, I, I agree it's outrageous language in some ways. I, I have a tendency to do that. Uh, but it's, it's basically showing that it's, it's a, there's a resentment at the heart of this. It's like, you know, lo and behold, you know, surprise, surprise, we have this coalition of people who just basically hate everything and buy into every single conspiracy theory that comes down the pike. And they're all now pro Putin. Like what a shock. It's just purely based on resentment and fantasy thinking. Now, um, your guest what was his name Cisco is yeah Michael Cisco yeah he's yeah, yeah he's uh, obviously much more nuanced and in his uh, uh, you know wh whatever my disagreements might be he's, he's attempting to recapture a tradition and I have respect for that all right now go ahead Shire. well <clears throat> you have to admit Putin's a hell of a lot cooler than Joe Biden <laughs> <laughs> well I think I mean you do have real to, here do you have to admit that Richard 
No. Um, I mean, no, wait. look, there, there's some photo ops, oh. shirtless bear riding. Okay. You know, fantastic. That that's all, that's all just nonsense. I mean, I, I, if, if Putin were in the West and he had a, he owned a hundred million dollar yacht, I think you might have a very different impression of him. He's playing he's pretty cool. Though. Come on. You got to say though. He's, he, he doesn't, he comes have off. You ever cooler. seen Joe Biden eat ice cream? I will ask <laughs> one more time. Have you ever seen Joe Biden uh, eat ice cream? I've seen, I've seen him doddering that, off the stage. That too. is cool. I was it's told that you got to watch. You got to watch Putin do the five minute walk. You got to watch that video with Putin. Walking That's right. For five with the minutes, wide man. frame. All right. He's way too cool. Thank you. Shy. I appreciate you calling in, man. I do have a very important question for Richard. All right, go ahead. What what is your favorite kind of burger, Richard? Oh no, we do. Mm-hmm. We already know that. Swiss one. with uh, Swiss. caramelized onions <laughs> yeah. and mushrooms. You can find it in many different establishments. Uh, Chipper Jones, but it's not really Chipper Jones. Hello, Dingo. How's it going? Hey, what's up? Uh oh, what's up, man? How's it going? You cut out for a sec, but you're back. Okay, sorry. Well, I I would I had a off topic question. Uh, if that's cool. Uh, well, the, yeah, I mean, it depends on what it is, I guess, but go, <laughs> go ahead. <yeah. laughs> All right, Richard, uh, and this, this, I swear to God, this is not like a, a backhanded compliment or a dig on my life. I just have to draw a comparison. Last last couple of times you were here, you looked really, like, worn out, tired, possibly, like, maybe you've been drinking too much. I don't know, but <laughs> you just, you looked rough. Today, you what? look like you've lost weight. It looks like your teeth are extra white. Your hair is fixed all nice. What um what changed in your life, man? And the genuine, just curious, like what changed in your life? You seem a lot more cleaned up. Thank you. Um, yeah, I. Uh, when was I on here last? Mm, I don't know. I'd have to check the, I don't know. the list. But I got a new webcam. <laughs> uh, maybe that has something to do with it. Yeah, I've I've been uh, doing a lot of working out. No, in terms of the uh, alcohol consumption, uh, actually, over the past uh, couple years, I've really. Uh, um, cut back quite a bit and, uh, you feel, you feel better that way and you kind of enjoy a good drink more in that sense. So, uh, no, I'm trying to stay healthy and I go to the gym a lot and, um, yeah, there's some good personal things happening in my life and to seeing, you know, kids really bring out the best in me, although they can, they can be uh, frustrating as hell, but, um, yeah, but I appreciate the comments. Hey, no problem. Yeah, you got you get well, never mind. I'm not gonna ask how many kids you got. But um I got I got young kids too, dude, and uh I I was noticing the day that my, my son, my oldest son, too big for me to like put him to bed and carry him to bed anymore. And it's really, really sad. Because hmm. it's like they'll never be that small again. You know, what however however <laughs> small they are today, they'll never be that young again. That sucks. True. All That's right. true. That's true, Dingo. What else you got, brother? Uh, yeah, no, nothing. That's all. I just wondered what happened. Okay, have a good one. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you calling in. Uh, Basement Wizard, go ahead. Hey, uh, thanks for bringing me on, Ralph. Uh, You're welcome. Richard, I kind of wanted to ask you about um, how you see the divide between Russia and the West, because uh, you do seem to lament Russia not seeing itself as part of you the greater white race yes uh, and so this kind of attaches to a problem i've had a, with a lot of people on the right which is they sort of they have this idea of the broader white race but that centers a sort of anglo-saxon tradition 
Uh, so when you're talking about maybe Greeks or Italians or Russians or whatever, it's like, look, you're part of us, but you're like the fringe of us. But like, we definitely want you to be part of us. And I guess my question to you is like, how is that a good sales pitch to Russia? Like, why should Russia not say, no, we're going to have Russia as the center, our identity as the center. And if you want to be part of our thing, you can be the fringe of us. <laughs> well, they certainly have the right to to say that. And I, I think some of them might kind of think like that. I, I think it's a slightly different. I mean, I, I think it's a defining of us and them with vis-a-vis -vis the West. And so we, in a way, can't be a part of them. Not that there isn't a kind of assimilationist tradition of, of some kind, but um, I, I, I don't think that they, they think in the way that I do. But I mean, again, there are examples of I mean, whether these could go anywhere or not, who knows, but like there, there, there were at least people talking about it motions towards bringing Russia into NATO. And I, and I would uh, agree with that. I mean, at the end of the day, I am Anglo-Saxon and Saxon. So I have um, uh, central German blood and, and I have English blood. If and I may cut in quickly. So I am, you... you know, I mean, of course, I think like I do. Of course, I think people like me are the best. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I wouldn't expect anyone not to. It just strikes me as sort of, it's often arrogant when dealing with people where they, they sort of attack you for not putting the idea, the concept of whiteness above your ethnicity. In my case, I'm Greek. In the case mm -hmm. of this conflict, Russians. Um, but then they want you to accept that the terms of that identity they want you to embrace is centered on them and not you. Right. And it seems it seems kind of arrogant. So I guess my question to you would be like, how do you differentiate your conception of the greater white race to the traditional sort of Anglo-Saxon biases about the rest of Europe? Well, what is it? It's Calais. I mean, that, that that's a, a very bigoted um, Anglo-Saxon bias. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I know I don't I don't I certainly don't think like that. Um uh, what was the question? Like how I differentiate it from like, yeah, I mean, there, there is a kind of Anglo-Saxon bias where basically the whole world is shit and everything and everything outside of London doesn't matter. So, I mean, I, I, I absolutely want to embrace a kind of cosmopolitanism beyond that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess, I guess I've thought like this for a long time. I mean, I read Nietzsche's Beyond Good and Evil when I was very young. And uh, I mean, in my early 20s. Um, but it's been a long time since I first encountered those ideas. But I think I always had notions like this, even when I was a, a teenager and so on. But I mean, in the 1880s, Nietzsche was recognizing that Europe was coming together and that there is a kind of European type that is emerging. And he was talking about this in the age of the telegraph and train travel and so on. And, um, and in some ways we're united through our kind of collective struggle with Christianity and nihilism, et cetera. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think today, you know, more than ever, I mean, there, there are obvious differences between, someone who's Italian and someone who's Norwegian. I mean, we get it. 
Um, but yeah, it, it does seem like our commonality is greater and we all in our kind of struggle. Yeah, is so greater. I guess what I'm asking is, can you define that? Like, what is that commonality? Cause typically when you ask people, it's like, well, my Anglo-Saxon norms and view of history is the commonality. You should, so what, what do you see as the commonality that would bind London to Paris, to Berlin, to Moscow? You know, it's interesting. I have a article, um, called, uh, uh, politics in the grand style. And it's a, you know, analysis of Nietzsche. It's my own thing as well, but it, it, it actually looked at this in the sense of like our history of living through Christianity and struggling with nihilism in a way binds us all. And so it's a kind of negative identity in that sense um, I, I do sense, I so, do think that there are, but that, that is, very, that is, a, that is like a Germanic Anglo- a rapid caller, by the way, you're, you're getting Nietzsche, Nietzscheanism binds us. I mean, not it, really. No, our struggle with nihilism. It's a, it's a kind of Nietzschean take on it. Not Nietzscheanism binds us. I mean, I would love for that to be the case. All right, caller, get your last point in. Cause I got to take more calls. Okay, you're getting I guess my, my last point would be, you mentioned you read Nietzsche when you were really young. One of the first books I read when I was about 14, 15 was crime and punishment. Uh, and that had a big influence on me. So, you know, if your commonality is going to be like our struggle with nihilism, I mean, I just don't think that's an effective sale to an effective sell to a significant part of Europe. And I would ask you to come back with like uh, maybe get yeah, past Nietzscheism. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't know what to say, but I don't think nihilism is the defining characteristic of the West. But I always appreciate hearing from you, Spencer. Um, you're kind of oh, like yeah, Zizek. I like you, hearing you your are, critiques, you, you but you I don't believe what you say. Anyway, thank you very much. Question. Thank you. Yeah. Um, all right, we have people in uh, Chagat. Jason Kessler is in the green room as well. I don't even know what's going on. Chagat, oh, I do know what's going on with you. Uh, what's what's up? Chagat, man, fuck. I gave you that big wind-up. I know you're a big Richard fan, actually. <laughs> Uh, because I've heard you talk about it before to me personally, uh, but we can't hear you. This might be a discord issue. Um, I don't think Kessler's is going to work any better, but I'll try him in a minute too. Omega King, go ahead real quick. Let me see if you're okay. Your discord works. Okay. Let's get yours in real quick. Um, all right, first I want to say that, yeah, I, I, I agree that Richard Spencer looks better today. He's got those rosy cheeks. The baby soft skin and the the pretty blue eyes, but um, what? I do disagree with him on Russia. I think that uh, the West has gotten so bad and it keeps getting worse. It keeps getting more hostile to white people, and a lot of white people have been brainwashed into like being against their own race and like wanting to import thousands of blacks who are then going to vote into the in the elections and take over our governments with like, like thousands of Obamas. And uh, I think Russia doesn't have that problem to the same extent. And I think that they say stuff that's like, like that's more in line with like what the, the, the West is saying, like, Oh, we're going to denazify Ukraine. Uh, we don't see race, blah, blah, blah. But I think they don't really think that deep down inside. I think, if you look, you, you can actually look at some of the stuff Putin said that he's like against the globalism and stuff like that. I think they do are, are sort of reactionary towards the what the West has become because I don't think Western values are in line with like what Richard Spencer believes deep down in his heart. I think Western values has, has become something very 
sinister and disgusting and anti-white and like this this clergy plan type of thing where everyone's going to mix together and be like a mulatto race or something like that and i don't agree with that and i think fighting back against that is just going to get progressively harder so you know but i think that since russia doesn't have democracy it doesn't have like this whole idea of feminism and stuff like that, they're a little bit more resilient to that, like, entropy, like, degeneration towards that. All right, caller. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you calling in. Can I I hear what Richard Spencer has to say? Uh, You can, but I'm going to... You did. I mean, move to Russia then. I don't know know what to say. Well, Uh, I mean, mean, that doesn't answer what I said. Like, it doesn't answer... I course agree with you the West in this way the West has gone mad my my I th- I think there's a lot of wishful thinking going on about what's going on in Russia but beyond that it's like what is going to change it maybe this new world paradigm actually offers a chance for that to change as opposed to just sinking further continuing where we've been going and that's just a little bit of a hope that I have. I, I, I think it's more than a hope because look, if, if we are talking about the threat of nuclear war, you just almost inherently have to become more like based in this word. You, you, you have to be able to fight back and the intensity makes you think more clearly. So, you know, I, I don't, I don't know what to say. If someone just wants to say like the West sucks, it's kind of like, well, I kind of agree. But well, you know, uh, what can change that is the question. Now, caller, thank you. I hate to cut you off, but we, well, there's no way I'm going to get everybody on if I don't. All right, Kessler, you're muted, though. You, you'll have to unmute yourself is the thing. So um, I noticed you were muted in the in the call, which you don't need to do because. Okay, well, let's see. Oh, there you go. No, no, you're back. You're, you're there now. Now, let's keep it respectful, uh, as I mentioned, if we, if we could. Uh, All right. I've got a series of questions. All actually, right. I've got more than just one question. Okay. Well, okay. go ahead. All right. Can you guys hear me? Am I live now? Uh, yeah, you're on the air. All right. Fantastic. This is the first time that I've spoken to uh, Richard since the uh, we were in a courtroom together. And uh, as somebody who had the misfortune of knowing uh, Spencer during his brief heyday, I know a very different Richard Spencer than the one that he's presenting himself as right now. When I knew Spencer in, say, May 2017, he was very awkwardly leading people in a chant of uh, Russia is our friend in front of international media cameras. He was forcing people to do that, really. I mean, no one else was trying to chant that. So, Richard, how do you go from chanting uh, Russia is our friend to going 180 degrees to this libtard signaling with Ukraine flags in your profile? I don't know, Jason. Answer the question. You're the smart guy. You think you're a smart guy. I guess you're not making enough being a smart guy to even afford an attorney, but uh, just give it a shot. Jason, I I just have no interest in talking with you. So a lot of people are speculating that has to do with the fact that you were married to an ultra. uh, Now we're not going to go into the person. I don't, because I, you know, I want, I just don't want to go there. I I know some people. I mean, he himself has said that his positions. Well, if you want to keep it to the, go get a life. I mean, just focus on something else. I mean, 
if you, if you want to keep it to the policy, and you don't I'm, offer anything. You don't offer so anything. To you used person. to say that Russia was the sole white power in the world, didn't you say that? All right, now I'm obviously it's not entirely it, wrong. I mean, well, well, I was going to ask, but see, I, I think what he's saying there is okay to talk about. Um, what what do you? We kind of talked about it a little bit earlier, actually. Um, how how your views have shifted, um, you know, on Russia. Uh, but you could follow back up on that if you want. Well, I mean, it's not entirely wrong to say that Russia is the preeminent white power in the world. I mean, we we have a, you know, largely white country. We have a kind of, you know, badass white leader in Putin who has thousands of nuclear weapons. So it it is he, he is a bit of a different order than Sweden or any other country like that. So he has to be considered in the world. Um, in terms of Russia as our friend, I, I've, yeah, I mean, those were chance. The idea that I forced people to do that or something is uh, just this insanity that Jason believes in. Um, but you know, I would endorse that view. I have nothing, I have nothing but affection and the best wishes towards Russia. Uh, I wouldn't say that about Putin. I, I think I have changed my mind about Putin. I, I think I bought into the hype to a very large degree and um the you know the photos of him you know shirtless hunting (laughs) antelope or whatever it's easy to kind of think oh this guy must be a badass um i think he's i see him now he is a badass in some ways i think i see him now as more of a, a gangster type person and that's not i don't again he does not have my vision he certainly does not wish the best for uh where I am living and people in the world. And um, I I just have a very, a a much darker view of him. Um, I I think all of the stuff that, I mean, Russiagate is not entirely um, false. And uh, God, these AirPods keep running out of power. I keep trying to frantic. Hold on a second. I think it's just totally inauthentic for you to have gone 180 degrees like this. And a lot of people speculate that you might be working for different um, alphabet uh-huh. agencies. Yeah, well, I mean, and I just, I just want to. All right, I'll let you get it in now. Wait, hold on, hold on. Wait, so wait, 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 hold I mean, on. I just, I'm going to let you get in your no final point. And we to hear from you, Jason. Well, we only have a certain amount of time, and I didn't set it up a full blood sports or anything, so I don't want to let it. I know I'll let you go in and, you know, argue with Beardson for like 30, 45 minutes. I'll let you get in your, your, your last question, final point here. I'll let Richard respond. We'll move on to the rest because I'm only going to keep him to the bottom of the hour because I told him. I promised him we wouldn't do All another right, three I hours. I promised him in private we wouldn't do another three-hour session. Well, I know you may have three questions, but you're not getting three in is what I'm telling you now. But you will get one of those three in, so go ahead and ask that one. Is, is what I'm okay, two. Can I have two? You can have the – maybe if you're crafty enough, but you better just slip them in at one go here. Right? All right. Like, this is your so, last speaking uh, opportunity. The question is about changing of financing. I'm not talking about the government, the Russian government, but have you ever taken any money from any Russian sources prior to your recent conversion? Not now. Not that I know of, no. So, not even when you invited Dugan to be uh, a speaker at your conference in Hungary, when you had an ultra-Russian nationalist wife, you never took a dime from Russia? All right, now get in your second question. He just said that he answered the first one. All right, when you were in Moscow, did you uh, ever visit David Duke's apartment in Moscow? No. 
Well, didn't I didn't know, know he, he had, had one. one. I was about to say, what the fuck? I didn't know he had one in Moscow. <laughs> Holy shit, that's kind of baller. Yeah, I was reading and doing my research. <laughs> I've got a lot of research questions that Damn. I guess I won't have time to ask. Well, you did get well, two out of your three in, so it wasn't too bad. Thank you for calling in, sir. I do appreciate it. All right. All right, now, okay. Uh, righteous, go ahead. Research questions. Okay, well, you still got the radio on. Uh, yeah. Yes, go ahead. Good evening, gentlemen. Yes, Richard, evening. so I mean, uh, I obviously don't think you should be attacked. You're clearly an intelligent guy and you have valid points that you're making. Um, but I just did, don't believe you're being pragmatic about this entire situation. I mean, clearly there's a million variables at play. Putin could be clearly playing us. Um, we could destroy each other like a Byzantium type Persia type situation where we just get swept over by a, the Chinese or whoever. And there could be a million bad ac- outcomes, but I don't see the point in us really sitting on our hands and allowing ourselves to get further in the hole of not being able to climb back out of this Zog degeneracy, this Zog situation that we've been in. And we, we, we're so desperate for a way out of it that you can't fail to recognize why people would grasp at something such as Putin fighting back against Zog. No one wants to I be understand ruled over why by the Russians. That, we just want a chance to fight back on our own and somehow get Zog weakened in some way. I mean, well, does that has not that make happened? sense? Like, th- this is another thing of like, People were saying, oh, uh, you know, America's been embarrassed and and humiliated. NATO is in the scrap heap. Has any of that happened? I mean, legitimacy for a, no, I I, just to say this, I absolutely don't support this. But there was a poll of like 70% of the public wanted a no-fly zone over Ukraine. I mean, that, that does not sound like popular illegitimacy for NATO. There has been talk in Sweden, which was pushed down a little bit today, of Sweden joining, Estonia, Finland are talking about joining, Germany's rearming. I mean, the, the, the legitimacy of these things has increased due to Putin's uh, invasion. I mean, in some ways, it's, it's like the revival of all of these institutions has been accomplished by Putin. So he's oh, not really doing anything. I completely agree with that. Okay. But what I'm saying is you must understand the desperation and also the fact that most people in our movement do not agree that the leaders represent the people. I also agree with that. <laughs> yeah. Look, we, I mean, if some, I have said this like three times. We've gone mad. I mean, I don't know how yes. else to put it. There is just something, yeah, there is a insanity at the heart of the the West just in de- from top to bottom. I mean, from like a lower school in North Dakota to Washington, D.C., you can find madness at every level. This is I mean, because I we're agree. not following an objective narrative. What? We're not following an objective narrative. Like, we're getting all this misinformation everywhere. There's a lot of misinformation, but that's nothing new. I mean, war and misinformation go hand in hand. I, I think there's been, like we see more of it because of social media. So it, there's like more quantity. But in terms of just total misinformation and rumors and that's absolutely nothing new in war. That is the norm. 
Yeah, so how can we believe the propaganda that is telling us that Putin is the aggressor, that we should Well, I mean, do you want, I mean, just because there's a lot of fake news doesn't mean that this isn't real. I mean, do you think that Putin didn't invade Ukraine? No, he absolutely did, but I, I believe okay. he did. So he has he has his own agenda. We can't trust his sincerity in any regard. Okay. So so it comes down to what his actions are. His actions, in our view, is that he is taking a stand against Zog, which we see as our primary enemy. So he the is, friend, the enemy of my enemy, is my friend. Our aim is to denazify Ukraine. I don't believe that's his war aim. No. Well, I know, but see, why do you believe it when the West says it, but then you don't believe Whenever Putin says it, it's like, oh, he doesn't mean that. Maybe that's exactly what he means. And maybe I actually a lot trying of people to, in the West He's trying to use the um, buzzword of that works in the West. No, he's, well, kind of, but I would say 75% of it is a much deeper Russian thing about yeah. defining themselves, defining the, the legitimacy of the Soviet state as defeating the Third Reich. You know, whatever you want to say about communism, at least we were the ones who beat the Nazis. And that is true. I mean, the, if the if it were only the British Empire and America, I mean, uh, who knows what would have happened? I mean, the, the Russians did the fighting and dying on the Eastern Front that truly pushed Germany back and defeated Germany. But at the same time, you can't endlessly define your legitimacy on the basis of we defeated Hitler. So I think the denazification thing was like a very deep, it, it goes back a long way. And I think he I meant it. All right, call our last little point, and uh, I'm going to play the Super Chats and then the last call. But what I'm saying basically, just to get to the crux of the situation, is what should we do if we're so tired of sitting on our hands and allowing ourselves to be trampled upon? We see an opportunity for Zog to be weakened through Putin, Putin pushing back against them. Could we be being played? Yes, absolutely. We could be. This could be the worst catastrophe for our entire movement. But at least it's something happening. We're so tired of inaction. We're so tired of the same indifference. The nihilism you're still you sitting about. on your hands. You're, you're watching you. Russia invade Ukraine and thinking that he's really attacking, you know, Jen Psaki or the feminist at UC Berkeley or something. He's not. No, and but it exposes anything, their hypocrisy. these institutions. All right, caller. Thank you. I appreciate it, man. Uh, all right, now let's see here. Uh, Excuse me. No, it's okay. Let's... I'm working off this cough. I've, I've had a cough for like two weeks. Yeah, I know how it lingers a little bit right up in here. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Uh, I don't think I've had COVID. Um, I was about to say, I didn't say. underscore boy sent $3. Nothing has significantly changed in the global order. Stop gaslighting people into thinking something has really changed. What do you say about that? That's absurd. I mean, things have kind of, yeah, I would be hard to, I, uh, yeah, I don't know. Dynamics have changed. <laughs> I think it'd be hard to the, say the anything. Sanctions are so big that they're not even sanctions at this point. They are just a bifurcation of the world. And there's a real chance of like Russia turns east. They start delivering all that gas and oil and so on to China. We now have like the Chimerica arrangement, you know, your iPhone basically like, is this going to last? Like, we don't know. I mean, it's, so much has changed. It's, it's utterly dramatic. I mean, there's some, 
yeah, a famous quote of, you know, sometimes for decades, nothing will happen. And then in a few minutes, everything will happen. I mean, I, I think that's what we've seen over the past two weeks. I know. Uh, it's, oh, go ahead. Go yeah, ahead. I, I mean, I've heard some people criticize our our actions from like the West and the NATO as kind of pushing Russia into China's arms and that being a yeah. very bad thing when we could, yeah. when we could have had an, a partnership with them that may have been beneficial to us. What are your thoughts on that? I totally agree with that. Yeah. Mersheimer said a lot of that. I totally agree. Uh, but the question is what does, what does, what do the Russians want? Like it's easy to, you know, to be in your armchair at the University of Chicago and be like, ah, you know, the world power is shifting towards the East, towards Asia. So we should link up with Russia and then we can kind of like, you know, confront them better. I mean, again, I agree with that. But the question is, is that how Putin thinks? Is that what he wants? It's not, you know, people aren't totally constrained by power dynamics. On some level, there's like a, a, a veer two quality to geopolitics and a, and a historical and spiritual quality, if you want to use that. And I think Putin has a design. He has an image of a world order and of a Russian zone. And I don't think even if Mersheimer and myself agreed with the notion that you should be supplying gas to Germany and not to, to Asia, whether he would agree with that is the question, whether he would want to be a part of that deal. And I don't think he does. All right. Now let's see. All right. Where am I at here? Okay. Uh, Markov sent $3. Spencer voted Biden, took the vax and it now pro Ukraine. Anonymous sent $3. Dick shaped his entire current worldview around spitefulness against Nick and the Groypers. Rent free. Did you do that? No. Alright. No. Black Phillips sent $3. Dick, what do you think of Azov Battalion being allowed to exist with a Jewish president? Like they are openly Nat socks, or at least some of them. <laughs> Why wouldn't a Jew fold them into the regular army? And... Well, How Azov is asking for nationalist volunteers. Yeah, he did, but they're still allowed to be Nazis, though. Yeah, I mean, I, I think in some <laughs> ways it's kind of like Isn't that you crazy. Know, Clarice Starling had to go visit Hannibal Lecter or something. It's you know, it's like they're Nazis, but there are Nazis. I mean, I think that's he, literally what it's like. Yeah, yeah, he kind of recognized that there's there's an intensity that he needs in this situation, and they it can be dealt with later. Um, it's crazy though i mean like uh, it's crazy but have you noticed also the nuance in the in the liberal media about nazis oh yeah like, now they're all about them. well yeah. on the one hand you know like, like they never would on the one hand when it came to like the alt-right years ago or something it's just like they're evil ah. we listened you know, to a five minute npr uh, segment about right this and now they're like, like oh, it's a well, complicated nuanced yeah. discussion that we have to have about yeah. these don't overreact. Yeah, exactly. Before it was punch a Nazi, uh, <laughs> right. right? Kill him, right? Basically, I mean, you'd see that type of stuff. Uh, oh, yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, fuck. Oh, God sent $3, two totally unrelated questions. How tall are you? Always wanted to know and not necessarily TRS or NJP, but specifically, what do you think of Warren Balog? How tall am I? Is that the question? That was the first one, yeah. I'm 6'1". 
and then Warren Balog, who I've heard of. But uh, I yeah, I mean, I, I've, I, I don't, I, I don't, I don't really, I, I've met him a few times. He was a, a very nice guy. Um, I, I've, I've seen some posts on Telegram that I find a bit disturbing, but. Um, What's your Telegram, him, by the way? I was looking for that. I thought, I, what is your Telegram? I have a t- kind of a Telegram. It just reproduces my. Uh, oh, Twitter your tweets. Feed. Okay. Okay. I yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I, I'll use telegram occasionally just to kind of look at things. Yeah. And, um, um, but I have another, yeah, it, it's up there. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he was a very nice guy when I met him, so I don't, I don't have any, uh, any issue or something. I mean, I, I don't know what to say. Okay. Uh, Rabbi Menahem Mendel Schneerson Jr. sent $5 Richard Shalom. Russian Chief Rabbi Beryl Lazar and Ukrainian Chief Rabbi Yaakov Dov Blyk and Chief Rabbi Moshe Asman of Kiev would like to extend an olive branch. You have shown to be the most useful Shabbos goy in our world to come. Please consider. Anonymous sent $3 people are willing to admit that wokeism is due to decadence, but can't see how conflict can help reverse it. I think this conflict, no matter its outcome, is a net good for the West. The universe likes equilibrium, Conflict is leads to change. What do you say? That scene, I saw your face light up there. <laughs> I've, I've reached someone, or maybe they came up with those ideas on their own, but I'll take it. All right, now, uh, here we go. Okay. Anonymous sent $3 question for Mr. Spendler. What do you plan on doing now that your career in politics is over? Can you get a regular job in this cancel culture environment? I'm just doing me. I mean, I, um, I do work on a lot of publishing, uh, endeavors. I'll go on stuff like this. I've got a regular podcast. I mean, it, it's, um, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm kind of back where I was before 2017 or whatever. I, I don't know what to say. All right. Now let's see. Basement wizard sent $3. Oh. Thanks for letting me get a long call in Ralph. Maybe I went on a little long and annoyed you. No. Here's some money to smooth that over. <laughs> Thank you. you yeah, that does help. Uh, but no, you didn't annoy me. I'm just trying to keep it a little tighter than normal. Uh, and I'm still. Dylan V sent three dollars. Was here. that the real Jason Kessler attacking him just now? That was. Yeah. That's pretty fucked up. Since I've personally heard Richard defending him on podcasts and never heard him attacking him. I don't know the whole history there, but uh, uh, I, I think the whole. Um, I mean, look. Jay, Jason is, is Jason, but it's, um, the, the jumping, the, 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 the demonization of Charlottesville. I mean, obviously like a lot, there, there were some really poor, there were some poor decisions that went into it. Obviously a ton of things went wrong and obviously the entire media was, you know, out to get us and so on. So, but like this demonization of Charlottesville as you know, we would have won or something if not for Charlottesville is just absurd. And there were a, you know, a, a lot of good people who went there. Some, there were a lot of bad people too. Um, it's just, it just is what it is. It, it, I just think it has to be looked at fairly and objectively. And so, you know, I, I think one of the worst things that came out of 2018, I guess, or 20 late 2017 was just this like, um, oh, the Charlottesville and the Wignats and what it was just all just massively divisive and stupid all in the real rear view mirror at this point. All right. Now let's see. 
Okay. Anonymous sent $3. Richard is our favorite theater kid turned undercover agent. We always admire your effort and commitment to your craft. We can tell you enjoy your job. The way they had you be your own lawyer was a humorous touch. Uh, no. They had me be that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, now let me read these real quick. I um, don't regret doing that, by the way. Now we could talk about that. Well, we don't have time now. No. Uh, Yehuda Finkelstein says, Richard, what the hell is your definition of traitor on the Ukraine question? Is your definition people like Nick Fuentes who are loudly pro-Putin? Or do you think people who oppose American and NATO intervention and the resulting high energy prices and economic pain are also traitors? No, I, I understand that. I also understand rational criticism. What I'm getting at is this kind of traitor mentality that is basing a view on resentment and siding with anything that is going, that is seeking to destroy your lived world, your basic existence and your country and doing it out of some kind of resentment or misplaced wishful thinking. I do think that is the mentality of a traitor. Yehuda Finkelstein says, Richard, how do you realistically see anything positive coming out of American leadership in NATO and on the Ukraine question? I've already talked about yeah, that. Okay. Base Norman says, would you have been pro-Russia in 2015? Well. I was. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Brendan Gomez says, Emily Gersinski, Julia Ioff, or however you say your name, uh, Peter Dow, uh, and Richard Spencer of the New European Unity Coalition leading the charge against the treasonous white malcontent shilling for a genocidal petrostate. Carl Breaker says Ukraine is less than 1% Muslim. Russia is 28% Muslim. Um, I would have to look at that. I believe it's 5% Chechen. It's it's uh, lower than some think. 28% Muslim. I'll have to go look at that. All right. Chagat, very lightning. I shouldn't even give you a chance, but very lightning. Oh, it's already 930. I know. That's why I'm trying to get you out of here. Chagat, go ahead. Oh, my God. <sighs> So I can't let the last caller be a, a silent caller. Chagat, man, you bastard. Okay, let me try. Chagat, hello. Hello. Okay, you know what? You on your phone. God bless. L, go ahead. You're the last caller. How do you feel about our Japanese allies if you're talking about uh, different levels of whiteness? What? Where do they, where do they fall into it? <laughs> uh that's out of honorary no Aryans or something like that. <laughs> there you go, based. All right. <laughs> do you push up today? Uh, did you do your push? I didn't, uh, but uh, I don't know if Richard did. Richard looks like he's uh, like Dingo said earlier. He looks bright eyed and bushy tailed, as my grandpa used to say. What about your guest there in, in studio, do you do push ups? Did you, Richard? I don't know. Fuck. I don't know. Well, I, I worked out today. Did upper body stuff today, so I did some decline presses. And some flies, some pull-ups, and some hammer curls. What else did I do today? Yeah, all that kind of stuff. So yes, some skull crushers. No, <laughs> no I was saying for you, for your for your guy in the studio there. Skull oh, yeah. oh, Cisco, did you do your push-ups? I thought about it. <laughs> you went to church. You, you went to church, but you didn't do your push-ups for Jesus. Okay, yeah. cool. All right, thank you, Elb. Yeah, I wasn't have aware. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, y'all have a good one. I know you got to go, you know, everybody, you know, so, yeah. All right, Later. thank you. And I see Dalton calling in. Why didn't you call in earlier? Uh, because now it's like I have to I have to shut it down because uh, I, told, I told Richard that I would at 90 minutes. Uh, I appreciate you coming on, uh, yes. sir. Plug your stuff. 
Oh yeah. Uh, we're on Odyssey. So we're kind of back there. We're doing the podcast again. I was, I was busy and, uh, got some new books out. So you can just watch my Twitter feed. Just look at my Twitter feed. Uh, Richard B. Spencer at SwissCheeseburger.com. <laughs> Very good, sir. It's always a fun show when you come on. We, uh, big, big viewer count all night. Everybody always has fun when you're here, good and bad. Uh, and you never know what's going to happen uh, with your parents. Too. Uh, so thank you, man. Be safe. Uh, stay healthy. Uh, and I'll talk to you soon. Awesome. Talk to you later, Ralph. Later, man. Bye. All right. Uh, Richard Spencer, as he said, check out his Twitter account. Dalton, no! Oh, man. Well, plus, I knew you were probably just going to, like, call him some bad names, too. And it was like, oh, man, can't hold him later just for that. I was like, plus, I did. I'd already kept him, like, I told him. First off, he said, yeah, I'm down to come on, but, um, you know, I don't, I don't really feel like doing three or four hours like we normally do on the kill stream. I was like, yeah, it's fine. Let's just do 60. And then he's like, well, maybe if there's some callers, maybe we extend it. And I said, yeah, 60 to 80 to 90 minutes. So then it immediately got bumped up to 80 to 90 minutes. And we were at like 97. Yeah, it minutes. seemed like his real positions were more nuanced than his hyperbole. Well, yeah, that's true, actually. And I hyped it up. Um, well, because on Twitter, he was calling people traitors and uh, stuff like that and really incendiary. And then he came out in the very opening segment, uh, you know, was a little more nuanced, like you said. And, um, uh, not quite what he was saying. Now I did um, consider—I don't want to say hammering, hammering him, but um, you know, just willy-nilly calling somebody a traitor um, could be argued that that's kind of a big deal. Uh, I know that he's faced stuff like that too, and that I kind of meant to bring that up actually. I but I think the the biggest uh, kind of divergence between him and the nationalist circles of which I may be associated with in him. Um, yeah, we're taking more calls, by the way. Go ahead. Is, is just is, is a fundamental difference in worldview that really wasn't even worth approaching while he was here because it's just there's no agreement. There's no common ground. He, he, he seems to think that the unifier of Europe should be like this Nietzschean ideology. And I think the rest of us, like we could have answered that question for him. Well, what should be the identifier what should be the unifier between Europe that, that binds us together? And I think for, for AF, that would be William has sent $10. No Russian ever called me a cracker. <laughs> Mr. Spencer, sing a long. Oh, we got it. We should have got him to sing. When I was a lad, I was head of every class. I asked my dad how all of these good times would last. He said, hey, son, they've never really the crabs are out in chat. I'm glad I got the almost missed the entropy. Says is Richard Spencer coming on or not? <laughs> Thank you, sir. Appreciate that. Uh, I was so glad I looked at the end. I'd seen him earlier, but I almost forgot. Dylan V sent $3. I'd, man, I tried. Uh, this okay. is why I hate Discord. It's so not user-friendly. I hate Discord, too, man. That's okay. Dylan V down. sent $3. I'd, it man, was I today. tried. This is why I hate Discord. It's so not user-friendly. It was down. Um, it was down for a big part of the day. But if you were on your phone, man, it just doesn't work sometimes on the phone when you're trying to call in. So... That could have been the problem. I saw you texting me earlier, Chaggett. Get to Dallas, Texas, and I'll add you to the to the card, dude. Um, but uh, you're gonna have to fly out there. 
So, oh, that one won't play because it's uh, it's two dollars. But uh, I'll read it out. Wait, where is it? Oh, because of Putin, the Ukraine will have traditional marriage and values, no zoggy media, and will be protected from further Western degeneracy. How is this bad? That's what he said there. Uh, I think I got everybody's super chat in. Thank you guys for the support tonight. Uh, tomorrow night, we're going to have Patrick Halley on. We didn't have him last night because he overslept. Actually, he came in from a trip and fell asleep is what he said, uh, which is what I figured happened anyway because I didn't see him active on Twitter or anything. I mean, he's not one to miss a booking. I've called him on short notice and booked him on many times like that, which is what I did Monday too. So uh, he will be here uh, tomorrow night. Then on Thursday, uh, we have the organizer of that uh, little shindig in North Texas, University of North Texas. Uh, let me make sure I said her name 40 times already on this show. And now I don't have it in my brain. I don't understand why, but she's going to be on here Thursday night. <laughs> uh, where is it? Hold on. I'll look it up. Uh, Kelly Neidert. She's going to be on the show. Uh, I think one of her associates is also going to be on the show. We're going to talk about that. She, she had, uh, I think his name's Jeff Younger. Is that it? Probably talk about this some more. Yeah, Jeff Younger, he is running for. They had this guy there to speak. Do they have a video on CNN? Anyway, his kid got turned into a tranny by his ex-wife, and so he's running for Congress there. She invited him to speak at University of North Texas, and insane. He's Orthodox. Is he? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. That was a big deal in the church. Oh, I didn't know that. Really. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that's the guy. He's in Texas. Yeah, he's yep. in Texas. Yep. Yeah. It's in my regards. Oh, wow. That's, uh, I didn't know that at all. Let's see. Um, I'm looking to see if he got a video of that guy. Maybe I can play a little bit of that. She had this guy to speak. We played some of the Alex Ton stuff the other day on the Sunrise, uh, and I'll definitely play it tomorrow as well. Let's see. Fuck. This is videos. Uh, oh, wait, here we go. Oh, yeah, this is the story here. She organized this. Oh, yeah. You can call in, Dalton. Now, what uh, what, going on? by the way, I'll play this video too. What's up, Dalton? Are you there? Can you hear me? Oh, hey, sorry. I had your stream. <laughs> oh, no, no. Yeah, okay. I see what happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I really, I wanted to say one thing about Spencer because um, this is something I've I've sort of noticed in recent years because I really didn't follow Spencer a lot in the early days of when he was very active and and prominent. Um, And and this really shows in the whole Russia question. Uh, Spencer has no idea what he's talking about, about anything ever. Um, And this really comes down to the fact that a more respectable take, if anything, would be a more isolationist approach from the United States. Uh, If Spencer were to come on the show and say, well, I don't really support either nation. I think the I think America should really just focus on itself. 
uh, that would be more respectable. And I talked to Harrison Smith today who had that take and it was fine. I mean, I, I'm normally, I'm normally of that. Um, and I kind of agree with that take, by the way, uh, to be honest with you, not, you know, but just, I'm being a little hyperbolic just because of what I'm seeing in the media every day, them shoving this shit down our throat. Right. Yeah, Um, no, exactly. And I mean, if I want to personally support someone like Putin or, or the Russian government or the Russian state, uh, I should be able to, and not only that, but, uh, that's awesome. And I think that's the correct viewpoint. I don't think that the correct viewpoint is military aid or uh, government spending going to Ukraine or Russia. I don't think that's the key. I don't want uh, United States um, lives on the line, American lives on the line to fight and die for, first of all, if we're talking about the Ukraine, a, a, a fake nation uh, that has been established by by the NWO or by the globalist. Um, and I definitely don't, th- I mean, I don't think that, I mean, why, why should America be funding or sending Americans to go die for Russia? That doesn't make any sense. Russia wouldn't do that for us. Um, and that's fine. I think that's, it just comes down to mutual respect. Uh, but Richard Spencer is an idiot and uh, he has to, I don't know. I don't know why he's putting Ukraine on this, on this pedestal. Um I, I just don't understand it. It's really, it's it's really dumb, and it's it's very milk toast. It's very surface level um, opinions coming from Richard on this topic, um, which is kind of a shock because sometimes his opinions are are nuanced. I, I I think opinions are normally fairly nuanced, despite him being an idiot. Um, but this time around, I did not see that. Thank you for calling in. Yeah, you got in right at the end too, and yeah, I, no, I was sorry. like, oh, he's gonna be so." Pissed I kind of wonder where. No, he, no, it's okay. Where he he seems to is that my perception is that Russia isn't all that interested in like this sort of like expanding this global empire of Russian imperialism. That they're only interested in kind of that bordering area that that creates a buffer between their perceived aggressive enemies. So I, I kind of wish I maybe got a little more in of where he, where he gets his ideas of Putin's mindset. No, no, you're you're absolutely right. And from a uh, I mean he's doing this for the best interest of his nation uh, having these key areas of Ukraine um if not the 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 totality of of Ukraine um just having the areas that that he's initially seeked out. I mean you would get, I mean it comes down to uh, furthering his his militaristic ability. I mean, he has very little access uh, to to water. Uh, I know, you know, people think, oh, well, there's water, you know, on on either there's water on one side of Russia completely. I mean, but this stuff freezes over. It's not ac- it's not accessible year round. I think a majority of the year, most of their naval bases are are inactive. They can't be used because of of this you know, where they are geographically. And I'm fine with Russia looking out for its best interest, um, especially when they're they're just trying to simply take back land that was theirs for 400 years and the state is completely made up. All right, super chat. Spicy sent $3, pull this up. Oh, it's a link there. Okay, I'll pull it up. <laughs> yeah, uh, strategically speaking, Ukraine is, of all the bordering countries, because of the Black Sea, is the most important for their security, really, and exactly, even, and even trade. Yep, and 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 I mean, of course, Russia would 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 want that. That makes it's the same thing. I mean, if you get into to the nuance, or if you want to like, if you want to look at it in a way of why does America get involved in most nations? Well, the 
the the the mainstream argument or the thing that they always try to push is well it's furthering our interest um it's protecting the united states it's protecting the american people reality it's not doing that but i do believe that that's what putin is doing here if if you were to take I, the uh the invasion of iraq for face value of what it originally was right or getting involved in any foreign nation it is to um attack people that we perceive as harmful to us they said that they had weapons of mass destruction there so america got involved and that and everybody was like yeah we need to stop that we don't want to uh have them attacking the united states um, but you don't, but, but that's not, that didn't happen. That wasn't what was happening, but that is happening here. Uh, it has been confirmed that the United States had bio labs within America and these, these bio labs were the first to be targeted as, uh, as military installations in Ukraine by Putin. These missiles weren't targeting civilians. Civilians still have access to running water, food, electricity. Yeah, did you see Rubio pivot? Because he wasn't expecting that answer from, what was that lady's name? Newland? Newland? Victoria Newland. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's like, wait, what? <laughs> that was the chick we showed yeah. earlier who, uh, do I still have that? Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. Now, what did you think about Did you see this, Dalton? This is uh, young Victoria Newland. And then we have the current iteration here. Stark. I don't know if you can see that. Uh, <laughs> I think she's been taking something from the bio lab. That was, oh, uh, that's yeah, yeah. She's been definitely injecting some bio lab pathogens. She looks like a member sure. of Batman's Rogues Gallery now. Like, what the fuck happened? Like, this is—is is that penguin, like the tranny version or some shit? Yeah. Like, what the? Looks like a member of Howard Stern's Rat Pack. <laughs> to get that's why Russia's so scared of the bio lab. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I haven't. Right, thank you, man. I appreciate you calling in, Dalton. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thanks for having me, Ralph. God bless. Talk to you soon. Um, I haven't seen the new Batman yet. Have you seen it? No. You gonna, you gonna go see that? I do want to see it. We should go. We should go see it. Yeah. You want to go see it tomorrow? Oh, you gotta go. I don't know if we'll go see it tomorrow, but maybe we should see it soon. It's fun to go see a movie during the day because nobody's there. I always like seeing it during the day. We could go next Tuesday. Yeah, maybe I we should do come that. Down earlier. All right. Yeah, maybe we'll go see Batman. I'll start the sunrise a little bit earlier. I have been. Well, it's three fucking hours also. So I thought I was going to slip away and just see it the other day. I was like, okay, I'll go see this real quick. But it's three hours. It's like, well, I have no time in between shows if I go do that. I've heard mixed reviews. That, like, some right-wing people, are, I see calling it woke, and then I see, like, Nick and all the AF guys. Like, this is awesome. I can relate. Oh, Batman? That, yeah. So I haven't... Oh, see, okay, I haven't seen what they've been saying about it. Um, but, I mean, it's Batman, so I, I was probably going to go see it anyway. Um, now, I think it'll come out, review copy, here in a bit. I haven't seen if... Uh, let me take a look, actually. I wonder... Uh, uh, no, see, I don't see. See, Dalton says it's based. Really? Okay. You know what? That's what I was about to ask you, actually, Dalton. I was about to talk about Batman. Oh, wait. I do see. Oh, wait. Hold on. Oh, it's not a high-quality uh, review copy, though. Let's see. How, how good is it? Oh, I don't know. Is that Bruce Wayne? Yeah, this is not. Let's see. What is the... Oh, audio eight, video nine. This guy rated this uh, certain copy. Oh wow! 
That's pretty good for a cam. Very watch. Uh, I mean, a um, excuse me, uh, degraded, uh, degraded review copy. <laughs> uh, let's see, eight audio eight video nine. Oh. Wally sent three dollars. The two part long Halloween animated movie is better and about just as long. Nine point five on the movie. What'd you say, sir? Two-part long Halloween animated movie. By the way, that link you gave me is not coming up, Spicy. I'll try it again here in a minute. Uh, it's based. What about this, man? Should I really watch the cam? I don't know. I might watch it. Should we watch? That looks like a pretty good cam copy. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I mean, review copy. DCD quality. I haven't been there in a while. I like the theater experience. Well, I do too. But I mean, I can just watch. We can just watch it right after the show. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. That's true. All right. Like, I don't well, know. I, I kind of got to like, leave at eight in the morning. Uh, it is like three hours. See, I keep forgetting. It's not, you can't just watch an hour and have two hours. It's like a kind of a commitment. Like when I went to see, I almost didn't go see The Godfather because they put out the new cut of it, um, the 4K version or whatever, and I almost didn't go see it. So I was like, oh, fuck, three hours. No, I'm glad I did go see it because uh, it was awesome. I'd never seen The Godfather in theaters. I mean, I'm like you. I'm big on the theater experience too, but also it's like. Uh. I go back again, Maria. <laughs> Uh, Vladimir Putin only okay, understands strength and standing strong with the people of Ukraine, Israel. giving them the ability to defend themselves and, and redoubling our commitment uh, to a strong and prosperous uh, America. Is, it's the pathway forward to stability in Europe and to the end of this unspeakable violence that's ransacking across Ukraine as we speak. And you are encouraging this and yeah, pushing the will, independence is the one America. I saw is too. there anything else that the U.S. and NATO allies could be doing to help Ukraine? It is absolutely heartbreaking to watch this constant yeah, death and destruction yeah. after 13 days. Well, it's so important to each of us. I, uh, I breathed a prayer today here in Israel. Uh, <laughs> I visited the Western Wall. It's important Holy that we pray shit, for the people of Ukraine. This but I want to say to all of my countrymen uh, back home, it's also important that we recognize that almost a million yeah, go ahead and get Ukrainians this just in case. have crossed the border, uh, are now in Hungary and in Poland. There are organizations like the International Red Cross, like I downloaded Elden Ring, and other I might try that late that night. Literally on the ground, aiding those beleaguered families. And so, while we call on this Shalom. administration to take those Shalom. steps, we know demonstrate American Mr. strength Vice President. Uh, and utilize all the resources of American energy, pull together our allies to support Ukraine. Uh, I just encourage every American to pray and and as you're able to be generous to these organizations that have come alongside no, these I'll give your money no and uh, it's and going for my gas brother American people are with them to provide for them room, room. In of need Mr. Okay, we'll check back in. leaked report Israel acknowledges Jews in fact Khazars secret plan for reverse migration to Ukraine what the Followers of Middle Eastern Affairs know two things. Always expect the unexpected and never write off Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. That was something different. 
It's well known that sometime in the 8th to 9th centuries, the Khazars, a warlike Turkic people, converted to Judaism and ruled over a vast domain in what became southern Russia and Ukraine. What happened to them after the Russians destroyed that empire around the 11th century has been a mystery. Many have speculated that the Khazars became the ancestors of Ashkenazi Jews. Arabs have long cited the Khazar hypotheses in attempts to deny a Jewish historical claim to the land of Israel. During the UN debate over Palestine partition, Chaim Wiseman responded sarcastically, It is very strange. All my life I've been a Jew, felt like a Jew, and I now learn that I am a Khazar. In a more folksy vein, Prime Minister Golda Meir famously said, Khazar Shmazar. Three dollars, the old Jew ladies, Ralph. They need our shekels. Prime Minister Golda, do we need to play the song again? Holy fuck. We got to watch the video again. Oh, my God. Public service announcement time. Oh, no, it's not. Is it? I think think Richard's still watching, so. He might donate. Why isn't it? It's the fellowship. Why doesn't it just come up when I type fellowship? Didn't I just have this pulled up the other day? Oh, there it is. Oh, God. These are difficult times for elderly Holocaust survivors. It's so hard! And no heat. They get weaker and more die every day. I want you to see their faces. Look into their eyes that are haunted still by the memories of the past. They desperately need our help now with heating, food, and medicine during the holiday season of Hanukkah. These are people who often have to go for days without food. This woman would die in a matter no. of days or weeks <laughs> what? without our help. Cold, sick, weak. What? The Jewish people have suffered so much pain oh, in their lives. God. Please so call now and say that you will give a special Hanukkah gift of $25. Oh. What's, what's Richard Spencer's P.O. box? <sighs> Support Israel. In a more folksy vein, Prime Minister Golda Meir famously said, Khazar Shmazar, there is no Khazar people. I knew that's what they said about the Palestinians, isn't it? <clears throat> there is no Khazar people. I knew no Khazars in Kiev or Milwaukee. Show me these Khazars, whom you speak. Of whom you speak. Contrarian Hung- Hungarian. Okay. That, rhyme, that rhymes, actually. Man fading in the night sent $3. One thing I don't understand is that the man is standing in Israel and Russia beside Israel had the largest Jew population. Weird. Contrarian Hungarian ex-communist and scientist Arthur Kostler brought the Khazar hypotheses to a wider audience with the 13th Circle, excuse me, tribe, 1967, in the hope that disproving a common Jewish racial identity would end anti-Semitism. Clearly, that hope has not been fulfilled. 
Damn Bigfoot sent $3. This is what Christianity does to people. Most recently left-wing Israeli historian Shlomo Sands, the invention of the Jewish people took Kostler's thesis in a direction he had not intended, arguing that because Jews were a religious community descended from converts, they do not constitute a nation or need a state of their own. Scientists, however, dismissed the Khazar hypothesis because the generic evidence did not add up until now. In 2012, Israeli researcher Irhan Elhaik published a study claiming to prove the Khazar ancestry is the single largest element in the Ashkenazi gene pool. Sand declared himself vindicated in progressive organs such as Haaretz, and the forward trumpeted the results. Israel seems to finally have thrown in the towel. A blue-ribbon team of scholars from leading research institutions and museums has just issued a secret report to the government acknowledging that European Jews are, in fact, Khazars. Whether this would result in yet another proposal to revise the words to whatever remains to be seen. At first sight, this would seem to be the worst possible news, given the Prime Minister's relentless insistence on the need for Palestinian recognition of Israel as a Jewish state and the stagnation of the peace talks. But others have underestimated him at their peril. An aide quipped, when life hands you itrog, you build a sukkah. I don't fucking know that. Speaking off the record, he explained, we first thought that admitting we are really Khazars was one way to get around Abbas's insistence that no Jew can remain in a Palestinian state. Maybe we were grasping at straws, but when he refused to accept that, it forced us to think about more creative solutions. The Ukrainian invitation for the Jews to return was the godsend. Relocating all the settlers within Israel in a short time would be difficult for reasons of logistics and economics. We certainly don't want another fashlon like the expulsion of the settlers in the Gaza, whatever. We're not talking about all the Ashkenazi Jews going back to Ukraine. Obviously, that is not practical. Speaking on deep background, a well-placed source in intelligence circles said, we're not talking about all the Ashkenazi Jews going back to Ukraine. Obviously, not practical. The gas, excuse me, the press, thought they were talking about gas prices and this somehow worked out. The press, as usual, exaggerates and sensationalizes this is why we need military censorship. <laughs> is this for real? What is this? Well, that's what it's all about. Is this like a comedy article or is this for real? Because this leads like, yeah, see, editors know this blog post is a work of satire. Yeah, I was about to say, okay. All right. <laughs> I was about to say, this is not, this can't be. Uh, I'm serious. Some are not going to, they're going to say it's a joke. LOL. One of those type of things. Uh, oh, my God. As president, you were instrumental in the talks in the Middle East, of course, the Abraham Accords, as well as moving the embassy. Your thoughts on where we are today with Biden's foreign policy after the uh, botched Afghanistan withdrawal. We saw China and, and, and Russia partnering up on a number of levels. Well, there's no question that the disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan has emboldened uh, the enemies of the United States and our adversaries around the world. Uh, but now is the time for us to make it clear that we are going to stand 
with our allies and stand up to our enemies. I must tell you, uh, being here in Israel today. Oh, uh, my God. My, are you uh, fucking uh, serious? Back since dude, we get it. How much Israel dick can you suck, dude? Is this fucking crazy? He's like, here, hold my beer. Like, what the fuck, man? This is insane. This is the 18th time in this interview that he's fucking sucked off Israel. And now he's nice coming the balls. This cherished ally. Yeah, what, what the fuck? Well, there's no question that the disastrous withdrawal. Oh, it's disastrous. Your favorite Jewish Holocaust. No, deny us and so, I don't favor I got that. in a huge argument with a black guy who's a history professor today about the Holocaust. Oh, God, killed six million never again, boy. From Afghanistan has emboldened uh, the enemies of the United States and our adversaries. Yeah, no wonder we like Putin. What the fuck? Around the world. Uh, but uh, now is the time for us to make it clear that we are going to stand All right, I'll pull that up, with our allies right, and stand up to our enemies. I must tell you, uh, being here in Israel today, uh, my, uh, uh, oh my, my first time back since the Abraham Accords were signed to see the progress toward peace that happened under our administration. But it was all predicated, first and foremost, uh, on on uh, the way that we isolated Iran as never before. That's why one of the reasons uh, I, I, I just, it's incomprehensible to me, Maria, that as we see war ravaging across Ukraine, a Russian invasion in Ukraine, that this administration continues not only its headlong rush on its climate change agenda, but a headlong rush to lift sanctions uh, on Iran and, in fact, uh, set the table to be buying That's oil. That's what winners do, Mike, uh, what they want to do. Cutting off uh, oil and gas exploration in the United States. We, we, have, we have got well, to seize on the progress that we made. It made peace possible with the Abraham Accords. And that's what I heard everywhere I've gone here in Israel. What do you want to hear from Germany? Of course, during your administration, uh, President Trump and yourself pushed Germany to pay more uh, in terms Another of Israel NATO, to pay in more Israel, for by the way, just in case you didn't in know. Fact, it interview has is now, not even about uh, Israel. Uh, no. Will <laughs> At all. Vindicated? And what is the story in terms of Germany's pushback? It relies on Russian oil. Will that be the barrier Holy to stopping shit. Russian imports? No, wait, wait, wait. There's, there's only... There's like... Uh, like three minutes left in this video. Will there be another mention of Israel by Mike Pence? Yes or no? Yes. I mean, you'd be a fool. There might not be, but you'd be a fool to bet anything. But yes, at this point. So I'm going to have to say Maria, there was so much criticism, uh, of our administration when president Trump and I made it clear that we wanted our NATO allies to live up to their commitments. And you'll remember at, at the time we, we saw $130 billion more in investment by our NATO allies in our common defense. Those are investments that are, so said, yes, that are contributing to. today to a stronger NATO. But the fact that, know, that during our administration, Germany had, had put a 10-year timeline, said it wouldn't be till 2030 that they would achieve that 2% goal that they had agreed to years earlier was a source of frustration. But I want to give Chancellor Schultz credit. Uh, the people of Germany credit uh, that now they've made that commitment uh, to spend 2% of their gross domestic product. Wally sent $3 uh, hold just realized Pence is in Israel. Holy shit. This changes everything. Yeah. Did you know that? He was in Israel. Defense and 
uh, are also transferring weapons uh, to the people of Ukraine. Uh, Germany yes, is the economic powerhouse in so many ways of Europe. Come on, Mike. And you got this, dude. You have to. To see Germany now stepping up. Uh, to assist us in providing for common defense. I mean, it's, it's yes, one dude. other way that, that Putin got more than he was bargaining for. I mean, I, I honestly think mm -hmm. he underestimated the courage of President Zelensky and the mm -hmm. incredible courage of the Ukrainian people. But also, it's, it's, it's clear to many of us that Putin was anticipating division in the West. Uh, he sees NATO as a weakened alliance. Maybe in Israel? I believe... The work that our administration did, the spade work of building what? up that alliance, making our expectations The spade work? Oh, sorry. Okay. has now yep. created an yeah. environment where NATO, frankly, has come together. Is that a racist term? Before, uh, and, and to those who spade want... Spade work? Sound like I have the racial undertones there. Cisco, what the fuck? I lay the blame for the Russian invasion in Ukraine on the expansion of NATO. I just simply ask... Uh, where where would our allies in Poland or uh, Estonia or Latvia or Lithuania be today? Oh, where's our greatest ally, though? I thought he'd tack it in. Oh, I did, too. We're not for NATO. I mean, we've expanded the boundaries of freedom. Mr. Mr. Vice and President. we should continue to work to expand the boundaries of freedom in, in, in Europe and elsewhere around the world. Oh. Elsewhere. Mr. Vice President, before you go, a, a word on 2024. Do you want President Trump to run? Are you looking to get back into leadership? You know, all of my focus right now is on 2022. I think we have a historic opportunity uh, to reclaim majorities in the House and the Senate to elect great Republican governors around America. And in 2020, we really need to protect I, Israel, though. I'm confident the Republican Party uh, will nominate a candidate who will be uh, the next president of the United States of America. And at the right time, my family and I will reflect and consider how we might participate. Uh, in that process, but now more than ever, uh, with war yeah. in Europe oh, and oh, with oh. Uh, an administration seemingly intent okay. on weakening our country, driving our nation toward a European-style yes. welfare state, we need oh. strong Republican majorities on ah, Capitol Hill fuck. and strong Republican governors, and that's what we're going to work to achieve. Mr. Mr. Vice President, thanks very much. Safe back home, and congratulations on the award you are receiving in Israel. Ah! Yes! Yes! Fuck yeah! <laughs> Holy shit. The very last fucking second, dude. That was like a fucking buzzer beater. Are you fucking kidding me right now? Oh, dude. I was, oh, man. I was literally on the edge of my seat. I mean, ceiling. I thought it was going to come from him. Bro. Oh, yeah. That counts. Sorry. No, that counts. I get to make the executive call on that. That definitely, that 100, no question that counts. Maria. Maria. Right at the, the end. Was she trolling eight. too? Right at the end? Like, that was her last, she was almost like it was a troll. Like, her voice sounds like a troll. <laughs> she used to be so hot. She was like one of the hottest bitches on TV. Like, Literally. It's like the original money, honey. Anonymous sent three dollars. Dude, that article didn't used to say shit about being satire. Maybe I'm just crazy. Uh well you might be. Um let me see. It's probably because people like you've been linking it around, maybe. Uh yeah, I do see the archive. Um and it doesn't say that satire on the archive, you're right. 
Um, so, um, yeah, no, it doesn't seem crazy. But again, it did read like satire, I'll say. But, uh, it's uh, real. That's <laughs> why they're fun. interested in Ukraine so much. Let's take more calls. Be like, what's up? Hello, sir. Hello, 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 hello. Uh, oh, my God. This is... What's going on? What's up? How's it? Uh, how, how you doing? Can you hear me? Can you hear me, Ralph? Yes. Yes. Yes, I can hear you. Hello. Mr. Ethan. Hello. Motherfucker. All right. Now, let's do another update from Biden. Did we play this last night? I think we did, but excuse me. No, this is a new update. Sorry. How do we get to the place where, you know, Putin decides he's going to just invade Russia? Nothing like this has happened since World War II. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing like this has happened since World War II. That's also, man, boy, motherfuckers been waiting to say that. Nothing like this has happened since World War II. Like, that's the one they've been waiting to say. This is just like Hitler. Nothing's happened like this since Adolf Hitler in 1932 and like quoting baseball stats and shit. They like they got like stats Elias like Elias stats bureau like they do for for sporting and shit. It's like and one day we all just woke up and voted for Nicholas J. Fuentes. <sighs> Man, we're gonna get annihilated in a nuclear war. I think is what's gonna happen. Nah. Is that is it, you don't think so? Well, if a nuclear war happened, we wouldn't be annihilated. They would. They would target probably well, the, so- we might. the SOCOM, the military um I'm thinking the targets. They're gonna hit D C though. I'm pretty no, close to D C. No. You don't think the so? command the military command command centers are the main targets like uh Oh, just predict like second strike as well. Colorado Springs, you're done. Um Nebraska's probably done. Uh Tampa, I think there's a um special forces are commanded out of Tampa, so they would probably be done too. It's because they want to prevent second strike, right? Or, or diminish the second strike capability as much as possible. Yeah. 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 I so, worry. Slight, I worry. Oh, Larry Summers, who presided over the demolition and plundering of Russia's economy in the 1990s and pushed policies that led to the U.S. financial crash, says Americans need to suffer higher gas and food prices and inflation as the price of fighting tyranny. He was also Treasury Secretary for... Uh, Bill Clinton, he was top uh, top economic guy for Obama. They wanted to make him Treasury Secretary there, but he wasn't going to get through Congress because he's like kind of despised. I worry slight. I worry slightly, Fareed, when I hear us protest a bit too vigorously that this isn't going to interfere with gasoline prices. Uh, now, keep in mind, this is an extremely wealthy person. A gas price hike actually matters to people like us and people listen to the show. Like, I mean, um, that's a that's actually a hit on your day to day and your spending money, etc. This guy, like they said, plundered the economy. He's probably worth like a hundred million dollars. Like, no telling. Got to be honest. This uh, if the get if it keeps going at this rate, I mean, this has the potential to kill people. 
Well, yeah. Because our food prices are going to eventually adjust to the gas prices. Dude, it's bad. Like, I, I think it's going to get way worse, too. Be out. Who is this? First off, I don't see this holding holding at the polls, though. I don't know why the Democrats. I, I don't really think normal people, like, you would think that if and, and you if you'd see the media. But I don't think there's a lot of, oh, let me sacrifice for Ukraine so that, uh, you know, my gas will be higher and that my food prices will be higher. I mean, we'll see. Uh and even short term, maybe you'll see some people kind of going along with it, but I don't think, I don't think that's going to hold uh, long term. Um, Too much, because I think ultimately, if the price of combating tyranny is a period of much higher gas prices, that's a price we need to be prepared to pay as a country. But what I think we'll get there if we need to. Inflation's a serious problem. This will make it worse. Okay. But. No. No. No, but. But Israel says it's necessary. What the fuck, but. But broadcasting live from Israel. Did I mention I'm in Israel? Preserving world order is much more fundamental oh. and much more important oh, it's all about the world order than Serving the interest of an Israel. extra percentage point or an extra three percentage point on the CPI uh, over some... Uh, this is going to wreck the economy and make everybody's lives way worse. But, no, no buts, motherfucker. So let's have our priorities straight. Historians 50 years from now. Oh, oh what are the historians going to say? Oh, Ukraine. my God. This guy's literally preening for the historians. They will not what remember the inflation statistics over the next uh, six months. Because they didn't live here this time, Larry. No shit. They don't give a fuck about that. They're going to remember the defeat of the globalists. Think about what he's saying. Oh, a hundred years from now, the historians are going to be talking about the big stories and the big, the big storylines and they won't care about the inflation. No shit. Motherfucker. They didn't live during this time. Why would they be talking about that shit? He's also wrong though, because well, they still will talk about it in some degree, but that's like depression. No, they do. But that's like deeper history, right? You have to dig deeper to see shit like that. But they even do that shit. Roman empire. They have studies of like the day to day and et cetera, like that. But especially, you know, the currency, you know, uh, Russia might might follow this up with thirteen years of, of uh, well, hopefully longer, of revived economy. By the way, I saw an updated map. See if you can find one of those before we sign off. Because um, uh, Ukraine, yeah, of the battle. Um, because it looked like Kiev was about to be encircled uh, from the map that I saw, uh, but that wasn't new. Let's see. Over the last couple What's weeks, Kate, but as you mentioned, people we've spoken to over the last couple weeks, they're okay paying higher what? prices if it means holding Russia accountable for what? what they are doing in Ukraine. But these prices are. CNN viewers. Anonymous sent $3. Freedom oh. isn't free. Sonichu icon word says, Ralph, let me in, let me in. Uh, I thought I did. I thought I did. Was that you? That's uh, according to CNN's completely anecdotal evidence from their actual reporter, by the way, that wasn't 
That wasn't just some guest on the show. Oh, yeah, I did mean to show this, too. Three congressmen you have here, two of them look like they could, they really could and did play ball, and the other one looks like he could bomb you. <laughs> now, I don't know what exactly, what exactly he meant by that, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, it did seem to be one of those Bidenisms there. Uh, I thought maybe I could find this on Telegram. The three congressmen you have here, two of them look like they could, they really could and did play ball, and the other one looks like he could bomb you. He looks like he could bomb you. Again, his military buildup on Ukrainian borders. Just since then, we the price that. of... Shut up. We saw that earlier. There's a Holocaust going on. Oh, my God. <laughs> Dude, that's just, that's, I just don't see how, like, how, there's a Holocaust going on. How is it not just clear as day what this all is? There's a Holocaust going on. When you see that people are, I'll play this too. Oh yeah, the Hagee clip. Oh yeah, I will. I forgot. I did have it pulled up. There's a Holocaust going on. When you see that people are lined up on buses to just leave a conflict zone and Putin's artillery shells those buses, that is just below humanity, <laughs> below dignity. We also need to give the brave Ukrainian fighting forces who are doing much better than anyone ever imagined the, the arms they need, whether it be... I mean, I didn't... I thought they'd do... I mean, I didn't think they'd be wiped out in like a week. Javelins or stingers or anything else. They need these arms simply to defend themselves against brutal Russian aggression. There's a Holocaust going on. Can't do much right now. Russia's responsible. Oh, okay. President Biden asked what can be done about skyrocketing gas prices, and he said this. Can't do much right now. Russia's responsible. Russia's responsible. Can't do much right now. Oh, okay. All right. Well, we won't blame you then. No big deal. I'm just going down this, too. Look at their clubs. I can, uh... Yeah, send me the map if you have it. telegram it to you. Yeah, that'll work. I don't have your at though. You'll have to. Uh, at Killstream. That's the one to send me a message on. Let's see. Oh, Maria, we saw that. All right, let me play the Hagee thing. Today, the headlines of the Wall Street Journal shook America, saying. Ukraine braces for war. Russia's dream of recreating the USSR is becoming a reality. This may well be the day that historians look back declaring that this was indeed the birth of World War III. 
History is repeating itself. Putin is doing exactly what Hitler did to get World what? War II started. Hitler declared to European leaders his need to invade Poland. Europe failed to respond, and the UK, under the leadership of its weak Prime Minister Neville Chamberlain, bowed to Hitler's demands. Shortly thereafter, World War II began, where 50 million people were killed and 6 million Jews were systematically slaughtered. Uh. Concerning Hitler, Winston Churchill said words America should remember. Those words were, quote, you can't negotiate with a lion with your head in its mouth, end quote. When Putin, the former KGB officer, the master of deception, looks at President Biden, he sees Neville Chamberlain, weakness personified. Russia and China are united in their efforts to destroy America. China is watching America's leadership make loud proclamations with very little action. While China is watching this parade of weakness, today they once again sent their fighter planes into Taiwan's airspace. China has Taiwan in its sights, where 65% of all semiconductors are manufactured for automobiles and high-tech electronics. Should China overtake Taiwan, they will then control automobile production in America and around the world. Meanwhile, as Russia succeeds in having its way with Ukraine, with no real pushback from America, Iran will take that as the green light to finalize its nuclear ambitions to achieve a bomb. Iran is under the control of radical Islam, which is threatened to use a nuclear bomb to attack Israel and oh, the no. United States. Wait, wait. Why did he start? Wait, wait, wait. What did he start off with Israel before the United States? Did you notice that? Well, I mean, he's like basically a evangelical Zionist guy. To finalize its nuclear ambitions to achieve a bomb, Iran is under the control of radical Islam, which is threatened to use a nuclear bomb to attack Israel and the United States. 9-11 proved America can be attacked by radical Islamists with devastating effect. A nuclear weapon is far more deadly than an airplane loaded with... We're, we're closer to seeing we can't use than we ever have been since, we, since I've been alive. Fuel. The Iranian... It didn't have shit to do with Iran. ...threat is real, and Iran must it be did have some, uh, before these weapons become operational. Russia's military has been in the Middle East since 2015. Russia supports Iran. Iran trains, equips and funds the terrorist armies of Hamas and Hezbollah who are begging for the green light to attack Israel with a nuclear weapon. People of America, our nation is in a severe crisis. Now is the time to show our strength. Our leaders must take their rightful place at the head of the international table. They must start believing the threats of our enemies and stop ignoring the plight of our allies. There is a great responsibility with being a great nation. At this moment, we are shirking that responsibility and abandoning our greatness. What? If we do not use our freedom. What that say? To top it off, okay, real quick, I'll look at that. To defend our freedom, we will lose our freedom. 
Okay, oh, that's it. Uh, also, why didn't it fucking... Oh, it did. Oh, that can version. Let's see. Uh, not the greatest maps I sent you, by the way. Okay, I'm about to look. But apparent, apparently, Kiev is surrounded on all sides. Look, this is the... This is the thing right here. Well, it's not too bad, but the color's a little wash. Uh, all right, now. Let me see those maps, sir. You said you sent them on Telegram. Let me look here. Where is the... I think I have a better one. You think you have a better one? All right, send it. Also, I saw they were having a conversation. I was like, am I in the right chat? They were having a conversation and suggest stories. That's fine, by the way. But Yeah, the one I just sent is way better. Okay. All right, let me look. I did want to show that. Oh, fuck. Okay. Can I copy the link? Oh, yeah, I see. Uh, I don't know how to pull that up. Military situation in Ukraine, March. Um, they're kind of, Yeah, they don't have it fully encircled yet, but let's see if I can just... I'll just save this, actually. Oh, and by the way, a uh, reminder, Lord Miles Rutledge is going to be back on the show next week. Uh, and he's going to be live from Ukraine. And oh, I think wow. he's going to call us on the way to Poland to get a car. He's doing a, like a supply trip uh, coming back. So I'll talk about that more as we get closer to it. Uh, but really cool dude. Just a kill stream guy as well, uh, which I thought was really cool. Uh, he's always like very positive towards us and the show. And myself personally, he said a lot of kind of things about me. Uh, when he was on last time. And so I obviously like him for that reason. But also, he happens to be one of the coolest motherfuckers around and doing some of the wildest shit around. Uh, and so was behind, uh, you know, Taliban lines there in Afghanistan. Uh, he's been in Ukraine uh, before the war broke out and after. He's been in there a lot since the war broke out. Uh, so, and by choice also, just uh, just kind of a wild dude. I said this before the other night, but if he doesn't get a movie made about him, like I'll just be fucking uh, insanely shocked. All right, let's see. I'll pull this map up. Tequila Sunrise in the morning. Patrick Howley's going to be on here tomorrow night. Killstream.live slash bowl. The Killstream live event in Dallas, Texas. Uh, here goes that map. Malstra. My apologies. That is a common side effect. All right, now let me pull. <laughs> let me put this up there. Yeah. Okay, that is a pretty good map too. There we go. Uh, military situation in, in Ukraine, March eighth, twenty twenty two. And as you can see, they're kind of a uh, they're kind of closing in on uh, Kiev, but uh, they're not rushing it. <laughs> Use a certain uh, turn of phrase, uh, pun not intended, but uh, it worked anyway. 
Um, I don't tend to see it. Uh, it's been portrayed in the West as oh, some you know epic collapse or whatever. Ukraine's a big country. They ha- they have our weapons. They do have some fight in them as well. Um, it's not uh, you know. Well, I mean this this map kind of verifies that Russia's mostly only interested yeah. in the eastern part of the country. Yeah, I still think they're gonna sack the capital though. Uh, for sure. For um, sure. And then that country to the left of Ukraine, they should take that too. Oh, <laughs> just keep on moving. What if they just keep on advancing? <laughs> That'd be crazy. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's the current update. We'll be following that live, of course, tomorrow. Tequila Sunrise. Michael Cisco, tell them where to find you, sir. Sure. Find me on Telegram at or t.me slash the Michael Cisco. I'm on Gab. At Michael Cisco, and I'm on Twitter still. At Michael Cisco WV, you're still on Twitter. So am I. Yeah, I'm on thin, on thin ice. Are you on Gab too? Yes, at Michael Cisco. So and and my article yesterday. Yeah, talk about that. Got the most. What was it about? It was on this. It was on. Uh, it was entitled Ukraine Soros's aggression against Christian Russia. So I kind of break down everything. What did you? Say? What did you say about the views? <clears throat> What's that? What were you about oh, to say? Oh, yeah. I got the most likes of any article from Gab News ever. Wow. Yeah. Very cool, sir. Uh, and uh, what's the, like, go into it a little bit, though? <clears throat> well, I mean, we kind of covered. Well, I mean, I didn't get too much into it because I think fundamentally it kind of clashes where there would be no agreement with, with Richard. So it wasn't a debate. It was an interview. But, sure. Um, no, I just talk about... Wow, that's you understood that. That's refreshing. That's not always understood by panelists. That, <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's true. Go ahead. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I just go into, you know, the history of Russia, the Bolshevik Revolution, um, the, and then the reemergence of Orthodox Russia, and I talk about why Ukraine is strategically important for Russia and how NATO expansionism and and Western meddling in Ukraine, especially Soros pumping money into it since since the early two thousands, kind of has has gotten it to where it is now, and that's why we in Ukraine kind of blinded by um, his animosity that that is kind of justified from historical um, events in the Soviet Union, but they've used that that animosity has kind of caused them to be manipulated by. Western forces into basically getting shat on and nobody and the West doesn't really care for Ukraine's independence or well-being. They, they just rather than being subservient to Russia, they want them subservient to them. Plug Gab News. Tell them where to find that article. Um, It is on Gab dot or news dot Gab dot com. I think it's it was published yesterday. So there's only one other article. Ahead of it. News.gab.com. Check out Gab. Thank you, Cisco. I appreciate it, brother. Thank you guys for the support tonight. We'll see him back soon. We'll see Patrick Halley tomorrow night. Uh, I want to make sure. How do I keep missing that? I said it 40 times this week correctly. Kelly Neidert is going to be on here Thursday night to talk about the North Texas stuff. And uh, actually, 
I think I had a video. We didn't get to play it from his campaign. I'll play that tomorrow on Tequila Sunrise, and I'll definitely, I might play it twice uh, on the kill stream as well to make sure everybody knows a little bit more about this uh, stuff on Thursday. Uh, so she's going to be here, Howley. March 24th, E. Michael Jones versus Adam Green. That's going to be a fun one. Dallas, April 2nd. All right. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Where is my music? It's around here somewhere. I see it. Oh, there it is. But it's not. Oh, there it goes. There it goes. There it went. Thank you so much to Richard Spencer, all the callers, all the supporters. Michael Cisco, as I said, where is my thing sucking switch? There it is. Good night. Oh, 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 oh,